You expect this to be a six-hour podcast? Yeah. I kind of do. This podcast is part of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed may not reflect those of other podcasts or affiliates of this show or Gunna Geek. Check out other geeky podcasts at GunnaGeek.com. Get ready because geekiness commences in three, two, one. Is that an E3 shirt? That's not bad. It's not an E3 shirt. It's E4. E4, the one you were waiting for, is for number four. That was the E3 theme song? Yeah. E4. That's a horrible theme song. Welcome to Internet 74 of Unqualified Gamers, a podcast about video games hosted primarily by me and supplemented occasionally, but not always, by you, Jonathan Martin. You just called this the Internet Unqualified what? Gamers. What? You said Internet 74. No, I said Episode 74. I don't... I think we could probably go back and check that. Pretty you know, sure you didn't. we could if this were... I don't know. On the but we're live, and so it's well, frankly, it's over. It's over. So we've what, lost. What's over? Our relationship. It's over, and we've lost. Yeah. I don't. I I'm don't breaking. Know. I'm breaking it off here. You know that by at this junk. Are you drinking wine? I drink. I drink a lot of wine. You cannot drink alcohol while we record episode seventy-four of Unqualified Gamers, a video game podcast hosted by me, Cody Goff, and me, Jonathan Martin. When has that ever been a rule? What? That you can't drink? Yeah. Since the episode where Ryan showed up and drank the entire time he co-hosted uh, in your stead because when but, you were ill? But nobody told him that he wasn't supposed to. I actually specifically told him to do so, but it still didn't oh, mean he was okay. supposed to. Well, he did. All right, look. Here's the deal. We need to We need to stop bantering. We need to stop having fun. We need okay. to stop talking about things. Hey, before we before we go any further, listener, if you haven't uh, watched Cody's Chicago unboxing video of Watch Dogs, I just got done watching it. It sucks, so don't yeah. watch it. I sorry, I just had to make a said to make an aside. Yeah, there is that right? No, to be to be honest, it's really good. It <laughs> like it legitimately, it was awesome. So if you have not seen uh, Cody unbox his copy of Watch Dogs for PS3, he. Well, he ends. So, spoiler alert: he destroys it. So now he's got to buy it again. But um, it's worth the unboxing. So I, I can't uh, even take a tell what it. what percentage of what you're saying is sarcastic anymore. I I mean, I think awesome is a little maybe overselling it a little bit. Like it's it a was, thing that it happened. A, it was a good video. Well, thank you. I appreciate I came that. Twice. Really? What? From the from the video or what? So, we do not have time. Thank you for the shameless plug of our own YouTube channel, which I do appreciate. This is uh, our E3 recap extravaganza podcast episode. Yeah, we plan on kind of putting this all into one episode, don't we? What, E3? Yeah, we're going to be here for like for three more hours. We're going to be here for three hours. That's Pretty okay, much. I'm cool with that. There's a I'm lot cool to talk about. So, there yeah, uh, listener, normally we would talk about, like, our weekends and stuff and some games we've been playing and, and what games the listeners have been playing and things like that. But it's E3, yo. It's E3 week. And since I did not 
do us the pleasure of being there this year as I was last year, which is why I'm wearing this sweet E3 t-shirt, by the way. It's an okay shirt. I know. I got it there last year. It's This it's is okay the third shirt. time I've worn it. It's the third time I've worn it because it's very light material because I got it in California. And they actually build t-shirts lighter there because it's warmer all the way the time. So that is why I don't wear it as much here in the Midwest uh, where it is generally snow or ice outside. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I like when I do have the opportunity to wear now of which is one of those instances. That henceforth being said – what did, did you, you think of E3, yes or no? Did you use English just now? Was what that did actual... you think of E3, yes or no? It was a simple question. Uh, no. Well, wrong. So I did. Yes and, was the uh, answer? Yeah, I did. Fuck. I did think of E3, and I did so often and early. And I... I'm a little disappointed that you didn't as well, but that's that's what I would have come to expect from a subpar co-host who has never been to E3 before. You know, it's... if I had been to E3, the answer might have been yes. Well, probably would have been, but mm-hmm. you know, how sorry about you. I don't even know how you want to talk about E3 because you're the one that like. Uh, well, I think that probably what we should do is just go through the three press conferences. Like, if we're gonna do anything, we should just go through the re- the three press conferences. Okay, right? let, let's start with who won. Let's start with who won the press conference. So, I am going to I'm going to say something arguably controversial. Oh boy. And that is I think I think Sony probably had the weakest of the press conferences, and I think like objectively you can say that. But I think that between Microsoft and Nintendo, I think they were pretty much on par in terms of their quality and kind of what they what they needed to and what they ended up doing. Really? Yeah. That being said, for me, Nintendo had more games that like I I want to play, but Microsoft had just games and it was awesome. Like they literally just did game after game after game after game and then they had this like spot in the middle where they were just like, oh, and here's all these like indie titles where there's going to be 15 games. We're not going to tell you anything about any of them, but here's just like 15 more games that we're going to have. And then they went on to more games, right? Yeah. So, so, and we can talk about these more, and we will talk about these more as we go through each of the different press conferences. But I think that, I think that Microsoft really nailed it with appealing to their demographic, I think that Nintendo really nailed it with appealing to their demographic. I think that Sony had a lot of filler that probably wasn't necessary, but also had some great games that they showed. To be perfectly honest, I thought everybody had a really good press conference. I really did. I thought everybody had stuff that I wanted to play. It's just who had more stuff that I wanted to play, and then I wasn't going to be able to get on the PC, that was Nintendo. Sure, okay. So, like, for me, for, like, my personal tastes... Nintendo was probably my winner. But I do not extrapolate my tastes to everybody. So, like, for instance, I don't like first-person shooters all that much. Xbox had, like, six. So if you're a first-person shooter fan, that system is the one for you. You should probably go buy one right now. Because <laughs> there's, 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 like, six AAA first-person shooters in their press conference that are probably all going to be awesome if you like first-person shooters. So you should probably go get one of those. 
Yeah, your sentiment is pretty much exactly what I was going to say. Is that, you know, the I was live tweeting quite a bit during Sony's press conference and during Nintendo's press conference. Mm-hmm. And lots of people, lots of gamers really, every year this happens, really like to say, like, who won? Who had the best press conference? Who had the best one? And I agree with you. I think each of the big three, I think if you look at it in terms of what were they trying to do with their press conference and did they succeed? I thought that all three, I thought honestly all three did an exceptional job. Exactly. I I thought that, you know, Sony, I mean, Sony, especially Sony, because the first hour of that presser, people were, were, loving it like loving it the games they showed off and and all that stuff and then they dipped into about 20 minutes of talking about peripherals and tv connectivity and other things like that which yeah which turned a lot of people off a whole lot but like they wanted to give that message so i think like i think sony went into e3 saying we want to get people really hyped about our games some really cool stuff and talk to them about maybe some additional features they'll like yeah, so so let's step back for a second, right? So I made a comment on our on our Google Plus on one of our Google Plus posts, and I'll I'll kind of echo it again here. So here's what I think: kind of each company needed to do when they when they walked into E3 this year. So Xbox uh, last year spent a lot of time on like their infrastructure and their um, just like the the general. Uh, user interface of of Xbox One and stuff, and they didn't have a lot of games to show, and that was a huge criticism. And they had all those missteps with the DRM issues and all that kind of crap. But for the most part, like the the legitimate concern, so they didn't show a lot of games last year, right? So that's what people were, that's what people wanted from them. They wanted more games. What did Microsoft come out and do? They showed a billion games. That is literally all they showed. Sony last year nailed it with the games. They did nothing but games and that got them out of the gate kind of at the at the head of the pack. That's why the PS4 has sold more than any other system as far as the new generation of systems goes. And so that was last year. This year they maybe maybe they felt like they didn't need to address games as much. And so they focused a little bit on that infrastructure stuff, on like the extra stuff you get when you buy a Sony system. Because they felt like this is the stuff we need to push now, because we've already proven that we've got games coming to the system. Arguably a misstep, as they probably had one of the, like the most boring to me of the three press conferences. After but, the first hour. Sure. Sure, yeah, because that first hour was awesome. Yeah. No no Man's Sky, good Lord, that, we'll talk about No Man's Sky yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah, holy crap, that looks amazing. But like, so, like the games that they showed up to that point, freaking awesome, knocked it out of the park with that. But like, as far as their presser goes, misstep in the middle there. But that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to say, hey, you know, we got the games. Like we we showed you, we've got the games. Now check out all this other stuff we're doing too. We got like all this stuff. Like we want this to be the one stop shop. So I get what they were going for. And then Nintendo, who kind of always does their own thing, are like, hey, here's all these first... Like, Nintendo needs to show, because they've already they've already shown that we're not going to be the system for third-party titles. We're just not. First of all, we've never been the system for third-party titles. It's never been why you go to a Nintendo system. But what we need to do is we need to show all the... We need to show all the first-party titles that we're working on. Like, we've got some stuff that you wouldn't expect from us, and it's going to be great. And that's what they did. And so everybody did what I think they were they like set out to do. I think they did it well. 
I think that everybody had some stuff in there that was awesome, looked awesome. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And again, what you said about, you know, which one resonated the most with you or me specifically doesn't mean that that was the best. Absolutely. And and I thought about it and and I, I agree with those objectives that they each set out to do. I think they did all accomplish them pretty well. I actually I actually watched the video so uh we're we're shooting this on the last day of E three. I actually just watched Microsoft's presser this afternoon because mm-hmm. I missed it live. It and that gave me a slightly different perspective seeing the other big two first then Microsoft. And I just wanted to mention I I got about an hour through the presser and I was thinking to myself Wow, I really did. I'm I am not amped about any of this. Like I like you know watching Sony's presser, thirty to forty minutes in, there was some stuff, and I was like, yeah, okay, this is good. You know, yeah. two minutes in a Nintendo's presser, I'm like, you know, hell yeah, freaking out. But Microsoft, I was a full hour, and I was like, I don't care. And I realized that I looked at it, and I was like, they are really they're trying to tell the story of hey. If you like multiplayer and you like first-person shooters, we are it. And they knocked that out of the park. Because Absolutely. Because when, when they got to Halo Master Chief Connect Collection, I was thinking to myself, I was like, boy, you know, that would be hella fun. Like, That's that a is big, a... It's a big deal. Like, that dude, is a legitimate big, big deal. That's a huge package of stuff. 100 multiplayer maps? Oh, yeah. and like the way that they're running at 1080p, and all of the original game physics and, and things. And you are a, like Halo is your first-person shooter of choice, right? Like, yeah, I would. I, I believe. Would say. I believe you. You're kind of on the record saying that, like, that's your game. Yeah, I prefer it over over the the Call of Duty series. It, it, yeah. it's, it is fun. I mean, I'm not going to drop four hundred dollars on an Xbox One, but like, if I also liked Call of Duty and some of the other franchises, I cared about Destiny and things like. Yeah, I would pick up an Xbox One with the Master Chief Collection. So, so sure. Microsoft did really successfully do you know nail that demographic of like if I like first person shooters, you're right. Like, let's go and buy one right now. So, yeah, and and yeah. to be fair, that was the demographic that originally adopted and pushed the Xbox 360 to be the best selling console last generation. I think PS3 actually overtook it at the very end of the generation. But the reason why Xbox 360 won one last generation was because it appealed to those gamers that liked the first-person shooters and everything. Right. Not not counting the Wii, because I think the Wii still technically sold more units than anything, right? Yes, the Wii, the Wii did, but the software was so... Uh, like, the amount of software sold for that system was so much less. Yes, yes. Like, so. outrageously less. And I, and I mean... To be fair, that is what that is what drives the systems is the software. Yeah. So, so, but um, I just wanted to say, listener, if you're coming here to hear John or I like super judgeify and, or, and or bash, bash and yeah. ba- and bash any of these companies, like we're just I I don't think either of us are because I think no. that both of us kind of feel like every company did a did a good job this year. Yeah, I would say overall, yeah, and again, maybe not. You know, maybe Microsoft wasn't our cup of tea. Like, we're we're also not. If you came here, listener, hoping for you know to hear a lot about Microsoft, like I don't think John or I are super jazzed about getting an Xbox One because it's it's not our thing. So we'll probably talk a lot a lot more about Nintendo and and Sony, but uh, but that's okay. We're not saying like they did a bad job. It's just they're hitting different. They're they're definitely hitting specific 
goals with these press conferences. And I, I thought that was cool. Yeah, exactly. So you could well, let's dive into the stuff if you would like to, because you've sure you were organized tonight for the first time ever. Um, so I yeah, but the, my problem is that I actually don't know how to read, and so oh yeah, it might make this slightly more difficult. Okay, well, so I I, ba- I basically we could I think we should just run through every one of the press conferences in order, right? As chronological order. Um, alphabetical order. Really? Wait, are you including like Ubisoft and EA? Well, no. Let's do reverse alphabetical order. So wait, just the big three? Let's just do the big three. Yeah, I know, that's what we'll do. But we'll do reverse alphabetical order. Reverse you know what? Let's, let's based on the based on the company name. How about mm, let's, based on let's the just... second letter of the company name? So we're no, just... we'll do alphabetical order based on the third letter of the company name, starting with Microsoft. Right, and then moving on to Sony and then Nintendo. Okay, let's do it. Yeah. So, after you, ladies first. <laughs> so, like I said, I think we should just run through everything that got announced. So, mm-hmm. Xbox announced that they're going to be the first uh, the first system to have the DLC for the Call of Duty series, which Call of Duty is going to be on everything like it always is. They're going to have the DLC again. First. Not surprising. And sure, they've that's always fine. had the DLC first. Right, and so that's not surprising. Status quo whatever. Like, if you're a Call of Duty fan, good for you, and you probably are coming to Call of Duty for the multiplayer. I think there are there are a decent percentage of people that actually come to it for the single player, um, but if you're a multiplayer fan, this is still the system to get it on, because you're going to get all that map stuff first. Um, agree? Agree. Great. I'm, I'm glad we agreed. Yeah, um, I actually... I got Modern Warfare 3 and... Uh... Did I get one after that? Anyway, yeah, I have... you did. You just got Ghost, didn't you? And you played that a ton because yeah, your computer I, could support it. Because I could run it on my computer. Yeah, right. I, yeah, I, you know. I, rem- I, I remember that. Yeah, I remember how much you right. talked about how much you liked it. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. No, I have Modern Warfare three, and I've um I I've prestiged once in multiplayer, which means you get to the max level, and then you you prestige, which gives you like an extra rank, but resets everything to level one. And mm-hmm. uh, have never played single player ever once. So I put in like a hundred some hours to multiplayer and literally never played single player once at all ever like black ops or campaign or anything i don't care that is a multiplayer game to me i don't care about the story okay but there it is there it is for you microsoft yeah adopters and so there it is for you you can get the map stuff first Uh, though to be fair uh call of duty 4 modern warfare had an amazing campaign that's all. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I think that some I think that some people would say that other Call of Duties have amazing campaigns as well. So, I, you know, whatever. We won't get too into Call of Duty. Sure. Um, Forza Horizon 2. So, from what I understand, Forza Horizon was like one of the best Forza games. It's an open world. It's like an open world racing game. It was like the first open world racing game. I'm talking out of my ass. I don't really know anything about racing games. But from what I've heard, from what I've read, Forza Horizon was like a specific departure from the traditional racing game, and people really liked it. So Forza Horizon 2 is actually a big deal for those Forza fans. Okay, and it's my understanding that the Lamborghini in that game is actually immune to slipping on banana peels. Is that right? I thought that was like a big deal in the series. So the other, they announced Assassin's Creed. The first, that was the first look we got of Assassin's Creed Unity. Um, as an Assassin's Creed fan, I was incredibly excited by that. I love the idea of going through the campaign as a, a group of assassins. 
So if that is implemented well, and again, this is going to be on every system, so it being at the Xbox press conference isn't that big of a deal. Um, but going through the campaign as as a group of assassins, and if that was implemented well, would be amazing. And what they showed with like the large crowds and the, and the multiple assassins moving through large crowds, because they showed this really long gameplay demo of assassinating... It, it takes place in the French in the the French Revolution, um, so it's as futuristic as they've gotten so far, um, and uh, it is in like there. It takes place in Paris. The city looks enormous from the other gameplay videos that I've seen of it. It looks gorgeous, um, and it it looks just packed with stuff. Like the city looks so dense with people on those new systems. It looked awesome. Um, so I am super excited about that. That being said, probably end up getting that on PC because that's what I've got, and I don't need to buy a system for it. But it sure. looks awesome. Sure, agreed. It looks great. Uh, the next game that they announced was a console exclusive that I also thought looked great, and that was the f- uh, the the Fable Legends. Did you see the preview for that? Yeah, and I've never played a Fable game, so catch me up so- on this. Okay, so this is nothing like the original Fable game. So I've played Fable Fable and Fable 2. Fable 2 was excellent. Fable 2 was okay. Um, but they were always a in, like an open-world, third-person role-playing game. Wait, did you just uh, say Fable 2 was excellent? Fable 2 was okay? If I said that, that's not what I meant. What I meant to say was Fable 2 was excellent. Fable was okay. The okay. original Fable was okay. just okay. Um so if you've if you've never played a fable the original fable series it's a third person role playing game um like everything is done in engine so there's no like cutscenes or anything uh, you kind of make a, make a story for yourself you can you can like get married and like you can have a family and have a house and stuff it's it's interesting and it's got a very english and quirky sense of humor so it's got it's kind of funny and fun um uh, this game fable legends is what from what i gather nothing like that so it's a four player game with um a what looks like it looks like a dungeon crawler i think it's a dungeon crawler so, like, it's a loot-based game where you go in and, like, you've got a story between these four characters, and you can um, explore dungeons as this group of four players. Um, and it looked it looked pretty, and it looked f- kind of fun and quirky, but it looked generic otherwise to me, right? But the real interesting part of the game is that one player can play the villain from a zoomed-out, like, strategy role-playing perspective. And that, I thought, was one of the most interesting things about the entire game. So mm-hmm. there's one there's one person who is playing as the villain. Again, their perspective is completely zoomed out on the map like they would be in a real-time strategy game. And they're creating different um, encounters for the group of adventurers to to deal with. So, like, they showed... They showed, like, the evil villain spawn four orcs and, like, send them into the enemies around a corner... Or send them into the heroes around a corner, and you just see the orcs running around the corner. And then it showed the perspective of the heroes and, like, the four orcs were running around the corner, and they had to fight them. Okay. That that does seem pretty cool. Yeah, it seems really cool. It seems like maybe everybody would want to be the villain, which... I know I would want to be the villain. That sounds awesome to me. Right. Um... 
but yeah, so that looked that looked really cool for me. Not like necessarily a system seller unless like reviews come out and it you know blows everybody's socks off, right? Right. Um. So that's pretty neat, I think. Um, the next thing was a Capcom joint that cracked me up. It was <laughs> it was a Dead Rising three add on, but apparently you can buy it by itself. And it's Super Ultra Dead Rising 3 Arcade Remix Hyper Edition X Plus Alpha. It, that was pretty funny. That yeah, pretty and good. it's basically a Dead Rising 3 mod that is just like a zombie beat-em-up, from what I understand, from what I gathered from the preview. Four-player, and the real gag is that you can play as, like, any Capcom character. So they've got everybody in it. So it's basically just the Dead Rising 3 engine around basic, basically a new zombie brawler beat-em-up for any character in the Capcom universe. Could be really cool. If that's like a 15 to $20 game, I could totally see downloading that. And the real awesome part was that it was just out that day. Like, it was out after the press conference. That was pretty cool. Now, was that... Is that an Xbox exclusive? It is. It is? Okay. And it was... is. Now, De- Dead Rising 3, I believe, has been announced for the PC, but it's already had, like, six months to... Was it a launch title? I think it was a launch title. So it's already had about eight months of exclusivity to the Xbox One. It will eventually come to the PC, though. Okay. Um, so Halo the Master Chief Collection was, like, the next thing. And that is a big deal. And maybe you can talk about this because you are a Halo fan and you have a little more expertise in, like, this this particular title in general. Yeah, I, I mean, the idea is the, this comes with Halo 1, 2, 3, and 4. Right. And uh, I watched an interview with some Microsoft people after the press conference, and they said, you know, we talk about Halo, and we talked to a 15-year-old who's like, oh, yeah, I loved Halo 4. And when Halo Combat Evolved was released, the original, he was five. Yeah, that, so, was, 2000, like, that was 2005 or six, wasn't it? Yeah, the kid was would have been five. It's ten years old. That is bananas. Right. So those people aren't familiar with these games, and when you're talking about mature rated games, especially, uh, you know, parenting preferences will vary. But uh, many of these many people aren't exposed to the option of playing Halo till they're thirteen or fourteen. So there's a lot of people that haven't. Exp- I've never played the original Halo ever. Um, I I only played like half of the Halo Two campaign because I was in college and I didn't really care. Like, I mean, I you didn't, didn't have you didn't have an original Xbox, right? Or, or did you? I have did, one? I did, okay. but I was like this weird outlier that had an Xbox but not Halo for some weird reason. I don't know. Okay, I was the cool like hipster kid. I had Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball. That's all I needed. And uh, I, re- I remember that. Yeah, and like I didn't understand any of the story to Halo Four. Like any of it. It did not make sense. I played the campaign. And I literally didn't know what was going on. There were a bunch of words. Apparently, you had to, like, read the books outside of the lore to understand it. And I'm guessing maybe some familiarity with the the original game would have helped. And from what it sounds like, they want Halo 5 to be even more involved and have, like, some more backstory and go deeper into actual character development and things that you wouldn't normally think of from a Halo game. And I think this is just going to help enable them to move more units of that eventually. But the multiplayer, it comes... So the multiplayer community in the Halo series is is very... Well, what this is... So we didn't even say what this is. It is Halos 1 through 4. I just said that. In the highest... Def- we, we never said that. <laughs> sure. We never said that. It's Nobody Halo ever 1 said through that. 4 in the highest definition possible. 1080p. 
1080p, right. 60 frames a second. Right. And here's the thing. So what this is, it's Halos 1 through 4. So Halo players have always been very divided on what's the best. There are many people who claim that no multiplayer Halo has ever been as good as the original Halo, ever. And they'll, like, play Halo 2, and they'll be like, oh, Halo 1 was so much better. Same with Halo 2. A lot of Halo 3 players really didn't like Halo 3 because they didn't think it was as good as Halo 2. Like, they just tweak things. They twerk things, if you will. Mm-hmm. They twerk things just That's enough. very Miley Cyrus of you. That's Thank good. you. So that, so that it changes the experience so that Halo and Halo 2 and Halo 3 and even Halo 4 handle very, very differently. The mechanics are much different. The maps are much different. So for the Master Chief collection, excuse me, they suddenly are offering you all of these, and you're able to play these multiplayer maps with the original mechanics of the games. So I'm guessing you're just going to be able to hop into a lobby. From, and... from what I heard, the way that this is going to work is, depending on the map that is chosen, it will just divert to those mechanics of the game that that map is from. Right, it'll give you the native mechanics. Did I right. just say that? I can't even tell. You didn't. You didn't actually. You didn't actually say it like I just said it. You really didn't. Okay. Well, I kind of meant to ish, but yeah. Okay. Basically, and I don't know if that means that on any playlist you can get any map from any game. They're remaking some maps in 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 HD. Like they they showed off Ascension, which is basically one of everyone's favorite. I mean, it's it's a really good map. It's a okay. really really good map. It is. It is. I, yeah, Ascension is one of the best multiplayer maps, like, I've ever played on for any game, and okay. when they remade it, it looked gorgeous. It's just such, it's such a good map, and, uh, and they're remaking it. It's better it. than the Felicity? What's the, fel- oh, the Facility in GoldenEye was not a great multiplayer map, really. It actually wasn't a great multiplayer It really was no, no, the, the best multiplayer map in GoldenEye was the, uh, but the, the kind of the point is is like this is a love letter to Halo fans, right? And it's 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 a love letter to Halo fans, and it is an incredible amount of content in this package that they're going to be releasing. Yeah, if if I if I like, so if I felt the way about Halo as I do about Smash Brothers, this might be a system seller for me. Sure, for sure, because and for some people, it much. will be a system seller. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I bet a lot of people that just love Halo that haven't bought an Xbox One yet will buy one just for this, just because they love Halo. Yeah, I, there, it has that has to be, and it comes with also like an hour and a half or two hour long movie. I think there's like a Halo movie involved. I thought or for like the other... making of or something. No, like a like storyline stuff. Okay. I thought maybe I'm making that up, but it's solid. We can move on from Master Chief Collection, but it's it it's 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 really smart. It's really smart. Yeah. Cool. Uh there's gonna be Halo five. There's a beta coming out in December. They didn't really show anything of that. Um they showed more Project Spark. They showed a couple of, of uh developers. Um that looks like a very robust game making tool. So they showed, like, everything from board games that you could make on it to sports games to side-scrollers. Like, did you see that little montage? Yeah, I did, but but honestly, Sony and Nintendo also had montages like that. Right. But I'm just so. saying, like, that was that was something that Project Spark... Project Spark is a lot like, I think, um, what what Sony wants Little Big Planet to be. 
because Little Big Planet is supposed to have that that much robustness in terms of a uh, game creation aspect. Um, so that's like I think it's their kind of answer to that, and it looks it looks like it could be pretty cool, but it looks like something that I would never get into because right. I don't want to I don't want to be a content generator for these games. Right. That's just I don't have an interest in that. Um, the next game that they showed was something that they they didn't show anything about, but it is almost a system seller to me just by the way that it looks. And that is Ori in the Blind Forest. Did you it, see the preview for you that? No, I watched I watched that trailer. I couldn't tell what was going on. I just knew it looked gorgeous. What was Oh going my on? god, it's beautiful. I have no idea, but it looks emotional. <laughs> it looks it looks like there's a very emotional aspect to it. It you're you basically play as a little sprite. Um it's got this very cartoony visual style. Um it almost looks like a Miyazaki film. Um, it's got, or at least not, maybe not like a film, but it's got, the, it's got like a character design that looks a lot like that. There's some evil big bad that's 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 doing something to the forest that you're in, and you play the this little small blue Navi-looking sprite from Zelda, um, and you've got a friend who, from what I could tell, you are very attached to in the game and they did just a they did a good job of showing your attachment to this friend of yours that looks like what's that guy's name from Spirited Away is it No Face? I have no idea. I think if so from the Miyazaki film No Face that's what made me think of Miyazaki. Um and from Spirited Away um it like your friend looks a lot like that and th- just from the music and like the interaction between your sprite and this character made me like showed me emotional resonance between these two characters I was like immediately engaged with this game so I this game looks awesome it looks beautiful I have no idea what it is but it looks gorgeous yeah that was the single player standout to me that wasn't I guess that was all Microsoft a first person shooter that wasn't like a gritty first person shooter except for that yeah. silly first person shooter which... well they also showed they also showed a montage they they did show Sunset Overdrive which looks awesome it looks awesome but um if you're into zombies I don't care it's whatever well, it's not so, yeah it's kind of zombies but it's more like it's more an insomniac game we'll talk about that in a second um it's it was just it was the non first person shooter like you said single player game it just looks awesome it looks beautiful so i'm totally in for this i i would i don't know i don't even know what it is and i want to play it and that is what a teaser trailer like that's supposed to do so good on them for putting that together all right yeah um let's see they showed um a game called inside which was a monochromatic game like Limbo from the Limbo studio, so I'm sure that'll be good, but I would imagine that's going to be on multiple platforms, because Limbo was on multiple platforms. Yeah, I've I've still not not yet played Limbo, though I do own it, and it, it looked very... not like the happiest game. It's not ha- it's not happy, it's... but it's 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 really good. It's really good. I know you that. Liked, you liked Braid, right? Yes. Yeah, then you'll love Limbo, yes. honestly. They're, yes. like, there's... They to me are similar. They're similar games. Yeah. Um. So that that was revealed. Um. The new Tomb Raider was revealed. I believe I'm on this the record of the show saying the the new Tomb Raider to me like that the newest version of Tomb Raider I found very bland. So like I'm not terribly excited about this. But there are a lot of people that loved the new Tomb Raider game, and so they Wait, were excited about. I this. thought you said the new Tomb Raider was pretty good. 
No, it's it's mechanically sound. I think is probably what I said. So what's bland? Like the storyline? It's mechanically sound. Everything is like gray. It just is. It's kind of it's kind of your generic third person cover shooter. Okay. It's kind of it's kind of it's, it's kind of boring. Um, but a lot of people really love it, and they love the direction that they're taking Lara. So um, this is the new Tomb Raider game, and I think a lot of people got really excited when they saw it. And it was the only thing at Microsoft's press conference that featured any kind of really female in any way, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And this is not going to be a game that uh, this is not going to be a game that's on only Microsoft platforms. I, I don't know. Maybe they have. They don't have any kind of exclusivity to this. There's no way they do. No, so no. This is yeah. So this is going to be on everything. Uh, I don't know. Um, so, but at least they showed it at Xbox, right? Yeah, they didn't have any women on stage or anything at all, um, which is kind of par for the course, I think, for most of E3. That's a completely different issue and not something I really care to get into right now. Um, I'll get into it in a bit, though. I do want to address that. Okay. But um, I'll, I'll get to that kind of probably after we talk about like Nintendo, maybe. So Sure. Um, a couple of other things are some indie games that look great, but they don't know, they didn't show like basically anything about them. And that's... Uh, Threes, Threes is coming to Xbox One. Plague Inc. is coming to Xbox One. We've actually talked about both of those games, I think, on previous podcasts. Um, Evolved and Cuphead. Cuphead got a huge amount of buzz. Yeah, that's the one in the style of, like, a 1920s cartoon. Yes. Yeah, that... I mean, that looks... The, stylistically... It looks, it looks awesome, but there's nothing... There was basically no, like there was nothing about it. I couldn't find like a lot of information about it. Stylistically, it looks phenomenal. Yeah, I would pick it up, but I'm guessing that'll also be multi-platform, right? Probably. That, well, that one I bet is going to be exclusive. Actually, really? I do. Yeah, I bet it is. It's such a, it's such like a small indie thing. Yeah, I bet it's exclusive at least for a while. If anything, it's a timed exclusive. I would imagine. Now, I, obviously, I don't know anything, but I imagine that's probably a timed exclusive. But if, if you don't know anything about Cuphead, of those games I just mentioned, that is the standout. So go take a look at that. Yeah. Um, there's an old Xbox game, an original Xbox game called Phantom Dust. I don't know anything about it, but the company that that redid um, Killer Instinct is going to redo this game called Phantom Dust. Yeah, I watched the trailer. I don't care. Yep. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. Me neither. Don't know anything. Move on. Um, the Division is a game that got a lot of buzz. That got shown at um, the Xbox presser, but that's going to be on every system as well because that's an Ubisoft joint. Um, and it's basically a really gritty city with, I think, a lot of like technology corporation style. I think it might be a little like Deus Ex, but I don't really know. I don't about know. It. Yeah, I don't really know about it. Um not really my cup of tea, though, I don't think. Uh, and then Scalebound, which is going to be a platinum joint, which looks to be an Xbox exclusive, which they just basically showed this giant lizard-looking creature battling a giant dragon with a dude in the middle that got this awesome dragon armor in the middle of the fight. And uh, all it was was a CG trailer. There was no gameplay or anything. But it's a platinum joint, so I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Yeah, that looks pretty awesome. Um, if it's an exclusive, but did, did they say it, any of most of these are exclusive? No, no, they just showed them as trailers. Yeah, it's ah, uh, that uh, you know, I. Well, it's tough to know, right? I mean, it like, it's t- it's tough to know if any of them are exclusive. Sure, but 
I guess I guess you would think that if if they were exclusive games, they would tell you because they would be proud of that and want you to get excited about buying the system. Right, and I think this is one thing Nintendo obviously did exceptionally well where Microsoft and Sony really didn't is like you watch Nintendo's deal, every game was Nintendo. Like well, yeah, were like, I mean, they were all well, they were all being published by Nintendo, so of course they're exclusive. I know, but that's that, like that's standard MO for Nintendo. Yeah, and that, but I I think that that is that is a a pretty su- substantial strength to see. Like, here is a game. If you want to play it, you need to buy a Wii U, and that was well, yeah. that, it was crystal clear. None of these other, you know, Microsoft and Sony. And if, none and of I the games if, was it crystal clear. Like, I need to buy your system to play this game. Well, I think if you don't know, then the chances are it's probably going to come to multiple systems. And I don't know about any of them. Like, there was one game I remember from Microsoft's presser where they're, like, only on Microsoft. And I think it was the uh, that that uh, Insomniac Games shooter, the zombie one you were talking about. Yeah. Which yeah, I don't care about. Like, I mean, sure. whatever. But That's Sunset Overdrive. But yeah, it was it was frustrating to watch you know Sony's and Microsoft's because I'm I still kind of want a next gen system like I kind of want an Xbox or a PS4, and like what exclusives do either of them have other than Master Chief Collection that I know like I have to go to you for this you know like well there's going to be games like Final Fantasy 15 that are only going to be on one of those two systems they're not going to show up on the PC, um, and there are going to be games that that companies will not make for the Wii U because they do not think of it as a powerful enough system. I know and that. So for, and so for those games, even though they're not technically exclusive to any system, like, you and I are still going to need to buy either an Xbox One or a PS4 in order to play. Yeah, I understand that. But, I, I don't know, I just feel like maybe the point of a press conference is to, like, really be like, hey, buy me... Sell your system? Not the other one, because... And then give me a reason, and then I'll do it. But sure, both both it was too muddy for me. I couldn't tell. So, and neither could you. We're we're sitting here talking like I don't know if it's exclusive right. or not. Right, like, I don't know. Yeah, and I, and I don't know if Scalebound's exclusive. Um, I yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, there's a new Crackdown that's coming out at some point. I now don't know. Crackdown was a... w- that will be a Microsoft exclusive, and absolutely. I've talked about and Crackdown. I, I don't care at all about it. Oh, no, the first one I, I played a couple times in my friend's dorm room in college, and it was awesome. And you're like, oh, this is a cool game. It came out as an Xbox Live game games for gold, game with gold. Right, the original did. The original, free downloadable thing like six to eight months ago. Unplayable. Did not age well at all. Okay. I hated it. I hated it. I played maybe – I I plotted through roughly two hours of it and was just like, this is – nothing about this is fun. I couldn't handle it. And again, eight or nine years ago, great. So if the new Crackdown is, is like really well done and modernized and all that stuff and then make it playable again, it, it could be super fun. Right. So that, that's, that's, that was exciting. That was actually exciting to me. I was like, oh, yeah, if I had an Xbox One, I would probably get this. And that's, I mean, that's pretty much it for Xbox. All right, well, this is a great uh, episode of Unqualified Gamers. We mm-hmm. hope that you enjoyed our E3 wrap-up. Xbox uh, Xbox obviously won because they were the only ones that we covered. <laughs> so, obviously, they won. Let's move on to Sony. So, uh, well, overall, yeah. any overall thoughts on Microsoft or 
I th- I think they did a good job of just showing games. Like they had eight. It was like an eighty minute press conference, and they legitimately just went game after game after game after game. It was ninety, and they just did games. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think it. I didn't think that it it had a great like overall narrative flow. I, I felt like a lot of times it was like here's ten minutes of a game, and then suddenly there's another game you're watching ten minutes of, and I'm like I don't know what this is. like. They didn't do a good job of like kind of setting up the scene and telling a story about a lot of these games which is kind of a marketing buzzword you know so they just were kind of like footage and now footage I don't know I thought it was a little jarring but overall yeah you're right it showed a lot of games and that's good and good for them and whatever I don't plan press conferences I'm not going to pretend to it's whatever I did notice the interesting uh, they had a couple weird little like Pack, the like minute long packages in the middle where I would ask a bunch of developers like what's the first game you fell in love with or like who's your favorite video game character and then they like did these weird little montages I they, that was... they they didn't flow at all with the content of the of the press conference I thought they were very jar- jarring right they were very jarring and did you notice all the like Nintendo titles in there I no, a, I actually... Yeah, one of the guys was, like, Insomniac or Platinum Games or something. And No, one of the guys on stage, actually, came out and started talking and said his name. He was from either Platinum or... I think he was from Platinum Games. And then it flashed, and it said, like, hashtag my favorite character or, or my favorite something. And it was The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past. Well, they don't... I they don't shy away from talking about other companies when they when they're talking to developers though they never have yeah because but... like they they acknowledge that like they it all it cuz it all started with nintendo and they acknowledge that they've yeah. never been they've never been bashful about acknowledging that i know that's I... not surprising i just thought that that in addition to the overall narrative of these weird little like things in there was kind of like yeah. I just what, thought I just thought like the content didn't match the games that they were then showing. Agreed. Is pretty much what I was what like my thought was. Yeah. So it was whatever. Yeah. I you know. I, but I, like I said, I watched it overall. I'm like, okay, yeah, that was a lot of games. That's good. Good for yeah. you guys. And I thought some of the trailers went on way too long. It's like, do I need to watch you do a whole level of the new Call of Duty game? Like, really? That went on forever. I it agree. went on forever. And nobody and like nobody really wanted to see that much of the new Call of Duty, did they? I don't know. Maybe they did. We're not Call of Duty fans. No, I don't. Even that, you know, like, not, not, not in a. That's not the right setting. They had a whole weekend. You don't need to put it in the press conference. I mean, I guess right. that's when the most people are watching. But they, they could have had some kind of event later, you know. But whatever. Yeah. So. So Sony. later that night was Sony. Um. So they started with. I don't actually have the order here. Um. But we'll just go through the things that were announced here. So they announced, um, at the very end of the press conference, they announced the new Uncharted game, which is a Naughty Dog game. You love Naughty Dog. I have a... I don't have an affinity one way or the other with Naughty Dog. Because you never played The Last of Us, which is one of the best games I've ever played. I did play the original Uncharted, though. And how did you like it? It was okay. It was was a well-made game. It was okay. Um, So... But they announced the new Uncharted, they, the new Uncharted, A Thief's End, um, and that was the very last thing we saw, and it was just a teaser trailer. So yay, a uh, new game by Naughty Dog. That studio like makes nothing but good stuff, from what everybody says. So, um, did you hear so that- the crowd reaction when it showed Naughty Dog's logo? 
Yeah, and the crowd obviously loves Naughty Dog. Very obviously. Yeah. I mean, they showed The Last of Us Remastered, and 10 seconds into that footage they were showing, I wanted to replay the game. Like, I might buy The Last of Us Remastered. And I know Jamie Butterworth is watching this just being like, what, you're part of the problem! Because he he posts, like, a whole video about how people shouldn't be rebuying, like, remakes of games a year or two after they come out and whatever but like and i kind of agree but i'm sorry i liked it that much i really what if they what if they had a some sort of program that was like trading your copy of last of us and for 20 bucks you can get the copy the new copy of last of us remastered for ps4 i'd be especially okay with that you know you'd be all over it right i'm okay either way i i don't know you know how maybe we can uh you, we'll talk to Jamie on Google Plus, I'm sure. But I just remember he he posted a video and he's just kind of like, "You're part of the problem. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem." Good loco, but and I, I get that. You know, we want we want game makers to be making new games, not just repackaging and re-releasing games that came out a year or two ago. Like, yeah, but Last of Us was considered considered to be like one of the best games of all of last generation, and that spans a time of eight years. Or, was it eight years? It was a long time. It was like seven years. So like it, it. I think it's legitimate that you would you would make that with upresed graphics in in terms of a game. I think, like yeah. it's the reason why it's the reason why Halo's one through four work as an upresed version as well because they were they were groundbreaking games of last generation. Sure. Yeah. So, you know. And again, I loved Last of Us. Not right. everybody did, but it's got like a hundred Game of the Year awards, so right. a lot of people did. We saw more about the order, and I feel like from like I've been reading some impressions of what people have played of the order, um, and I don't think that the trailer that they gave us at the press conference did the game any favors at all. Because from the hands-on impressions I'm getting from the people that I follow, like on Twitter, the game actually is awesome. And it looks beautiful, and it's really it's a great third person like shooter, and it's one of the best looking games that anybody saw the entire show, right? But they showed this bland trailer with a zombie werewolf thing, and it I just don't think it did the game any favors at all because when they originally showed that game, it was it was almost like um it was almost like you're a Van Helsing type uh, demon hunter, and there's going to be like a huge variety of demons. People are kind of zombied out at this point. And so the fact that this particular trailer that they showed at E3 this year was a zombie, zombie werewolf, but a zombie, again, didn't do that game any favors. You know what disappointed me? One of the first shots in that trailer is it shows somebody in a wheelchair. Is this this really weird of me? I got really excited about the idea of a video game where you... I don't even remember that. Yeah, like the first one of the first shots in the trailer is somebody in a like an old wheelchair, and I, leg- I I didn't think they looked like a zombie. I thought it looked like a like a protagonist, the way the shot was set up. And I thought to myself, oh my god, is there a video game where you like you're it's an action game and you star as a guy in a wheelchair? I got excited mm-hmm. about that. I thought that would have been really cool. That's, that's n- not a thing. Been that's, interesting. It's not a thing that's been done. I think that they no, it definitely could. has not been done. You know, I think they could do it. So. Sure, I don't know, but oh well. But that wasn't, wasn't that wasn't it. So the order is a third-person shooter where you fight. I don't know. Z- uh, obviously, zombies are one of the things you fight. Werewolves are another thing you fight. Um, and I'm assuming all sorts of other manner of undead, demony things. 
Um, but it looks beautiful. It looks beautiful. It looks great. Sure. Um, so that was there, and that is definitely a PlayStation exclusive only. Um, Bloodborne, which is also a PlayStation exclusive, damn it, is the new game from From Software, the developers of Dark Souls and Demon Souls. And from what I understand, it is Dark Souls and Demon Souls with, like, a gun set in 1700s-style atmosphere. So, having never played Dark Souls, I... whatever. I... oh my god, I'm sure it's gonna be really good. <laughs> you really want it, though. It's It's System Seller, yeah, it's System Seller for me, sh- for sure. Um, okay. For sure. So, super, super excited about that. Um, Little Big Planet 3, they've... you know, if you are a Little Big Planet fan, this is probably more of that for you, except that now it's multiplayer, like, four-player. Except but Little Big Planet was always multiplayer, but this is like, I think specific. I don't know specifically multiplayer. I don't know. I don't know what makes it different because I was never into Little Big Planet. Ryoro, but, me neither. But, but yeah, you know about the levels, the stages, right? That was a big deal. With the the extra depth perspective. No, users have created over. F- I think it was four million stages, is what they said. And okay. All stages that have been made in the first two Little Big Planet games are going to be immediately available for download in Little Big Planet Three. That is ridiculous. Yeah, upresed, and it showed side by side the comparison. That's pretty cool. So it's upresed with the new textures. So that entire custom created stage library immediately available. That's pretty cool. That's very cool. That's very cool. Good on Sony. That's a cool. Yep. That's a cool thing they're doing. Uh, they showed it is really cool that's very very cool yeah Uh, they showed No Man's Sky oh boy which is a yeah so this is a game it is by a studio called Hello Studios Um, I can't remember they made Joe Danger which was a racing game where you played like a movie star you know anything about that game they've made several Joe Danger games I went on this studio's website and they have like five Joe Danger games and that's I think all they've made that's pretty much all they've done and those were all Sony exclusives um and so this game this game is the next game that they're making they've got this studio if you know nothing about this this company or anything about this game listener um this studio has a phenomenal story they're They've got a, it's just got this awesome story. So, um, they're a group of like four to eight people. I don't know the exact number. It's super small. They've made these Joe Danger games. They sold moder. They've they've been modestly successful in the games that they've made so far for the PlayStation. Um, and they have been in development on this game called No Man's Sky for a while. Ever since their last Joe Danger released, they've been working on this new game uh, called No Man's Sky. And about. I don't know, maybe six months ago, it was over the winter, their office flooded in California. And there was this huge outreach by the company to raise funds to re-basically furbish their office. And a bunch of people donated a lot of money to refurbish the office for this, this company so they could keep working on this game. Because this game had already been previewed at, I want to say GDC at Game Developer Conference, and already had a ton of buzz around it. So they, you know, they they got a lot of goodwill from people to allow themselves to keep working on this game, which I think is awesome. Um, And so 
they they have a new build of the game that they were able to show at the show floor this year, and they actually got a playable game this year. And the idea of this game, first of all, isn't that a cool story? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. knew about the flood. I didn't realize how they got the money back, though. Yeah, yeah, they just raised a bunch of money for their office. Um, so the idea of this game is you they have their servers, and their servers are a universe, a, un, a universe of planets, just all of the planets of a universe. Not our universe, but of a universe. And um, you start the game, and you start your character, and you are a dude, possibly a ship, on a planet. And you start on a randomly generated planet that is in this giant universe of their web of planets, of servers. It's randomly generated. So you have no idea what's going to be on there, but you start there, and you start on a planet that has never been explored before. It is guaranteed that you will start on a planet that has never been explored. And the object, like the, I don't, I can't, I don't think there is a there is a technical object of the game. But what they want you to do is explore the galaxy. And you have like a starfighter ship, and it's in kind of a rogue galaxy, um, third person ship perspective. But I believe you can also go into first person cockpit view. Um, at least for part of it. Now, there might be like an on-the-ground in the the planet setting as well, but the, I think the majority of what they showed was just like ship-to-ship stuff. And you can go explore the universe. You can go onto planets, um, and you can like fly around in space, and you can fly through the atmosphere of a planet if you find one, and you have no idea what's there, or you do have some idea what's there because another human player has explored that planet. And I was listening to the developers talk about the game and how it's going to how it's going to work is you're, there's going to be like say there's there's planet X, right? And planet X is is unexplored. If you are the first person to go down to planet X, you're going to have a mini map and your mini map's going to have like points of interest. But if nobody has ever been on the planet before, they'll just be labeled as points of interest on your mini map, they won't be anything else. But if somebody has already been down to the planet, it will be labeled as something more specific for you to go explore. And you can still go explore it for whatever rewards and things you can get, but it'll give you a little more information as to what's there. Um, And the idea of the game is just to go from planet to planet. Oftentimes there'll be some sort of combat objective that's going to be probably you fighting with other ships. But it looks expansive is probably the word I would use to describe. It looks just huge. And streamlined. Uh, this this game is next gen or current gen or whatever we're calling it like this is something they couldn't have done because it shows in the gameplay it shows you it shows the the player exploring a planet and then they get in their ship and they fly around a little bit in the planet's atmosphere then turn up and then fly into space and then there's a little kind of crossfade when you leave the atmosphere and go into outer space but then you're in outer space and you see a right. bunch of outer space, and then you see another planet that was visible. Well, and before you see that other planet, you see ships fighting each other and, like, oh, yeah. flying in formation. Yeah, and there, there's a battle going on, but when you're on that planet's surface, it shows you're originally on the planet's surface, you look up and there's this big moon or whatever. When you launch into space, you see that moon, and then you fly towards it, and then you land on it, and it's 
pretty seamless. It's it's seamless. It and, is totally seamless. And there is no background. There's like there's no background stuff they make. If there's a moon in the background or a planet like that you can You can see, go to it. You can go to it. It's yep, a fully, and you can go explore it. Yeah. Which unbelievable to me. And 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 um I, I mentioned on Google Plus that keeping in mind it's coming to Sony first, it, it's specifically it's going to be on PC and other platforms. How powerful would a PC have to be to run that as smoothly as a PS4? Do you know? I have no idea. I mean, I, I, I'll i be honest, it's probably more of an indie title, so it's probably going to, it's probably going to have relatively light requirements to run, I would think. So you think it would be feasible to get it on PC? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Because, you know, like, they probably don't have to render that far, like, out. In yeah. terms of what they're in terms of what they're rendering, so, okay. um, yeah, I would think that you could probably run it on on Most general PCs. easy PC. Now, I would probably need an upgraded video card since I can't run Call of Duty Ghosts, but you know, sure, maybe, probably, but uh, but yeah, and I I also watched. Did you watch the developer interview on Gamespot? I didn't. I just heard them talking. I heard the developers talking on a podcast. About okay. the game. Yeah, I heard an interview on GameSpot, and mm-hmm. the guy that went on stage at Sony's conference is from Ireland, and I guess he was freaking out beforehand because people were telling him beforehand millions of people could be watching you, and he's just like, yeah, I realize there could be more people watching me than there are people that live in my home country. He's <laughs> like freaking out. Um, but he was really, really like nice and very cool. He said there will be kind of like an underlying story and no, a, that was that was actually a nice, like, genuine press conference. Like, it was, you know what I mean? Like, or th- that was a genuine moment in their press conference. Like, he seemed, he seemed nervous, but he did a good job, and there wasn't, it didn't feel canned at all. Like, oh, he said he went off script. He said the teleprompters were on, and he said I had some things planned, but I just these emotions all hit me, and I just started right. to thank people and things. And the teleprompter guys were freaking out. They're kind of like, "Uh, oh, is he is he skipping ahead? Is he back?" So like trying to figure it out. Right. But, yeah. And it was like a genuinely nice moment in the press conference. It was really cool. It was, re- and they just like this. If they, if they had said this is a PlayStation exclusive, it legitimately might have been a system seller for me. Not even kidding. I'm, yeah, oh, it, it's yeah, it looks incredible. I am it looks so incredible. excited about this game, and he said multiplayer is going to be somewhat limited because of the vastness of these universes that you're in. It's, I think the way that it's going to kind of work is it's going to be instanced multiplayer. So, like, if you've got people in your general area, then they're going to sh- then everybody's going to like show up in the same game. But like otherwise, everybody's in kind of their own their own world. I mean, well, the person at GameSpot asked him, you know, is it a matter like can he said he said it's not a matter of another player can just say, oh yeah, here I'll meet you here because it's a giant universe and it could take you an hours to even get to the same point, and that's how right. because the, he's said several times it is an infinite universe. I don't know exactly what that means, but he said... I don't know what that means either, but it sounds incredible. He said I don't it's, know. it's an infinite universe, and no two players will have the same experience. And I'm looking forward to watching the live the streams of this. Twitch oh, streams, for sure. Let's Play videos, because you will never watch the same video. And the craziest thing is, like, you could, like, you could theoretically then find that person in the universe and, yeah. like, go to them and, like, meet them. Yeah. But who knows where the hell they are, right? Yeah. 
It's... But the just the general gameplay kind of looks like it kind of looks like uh like I said Rogue Squadron like you on a ship. It looks great. Yeah. It it looks beautiful the the way it is designed just blows my mind and and he said there will be like an underlying main story you start basically kind of at the edge of this universe and there's kind of a main underlying thread that you go to the center of this universe of the more the most central location and that's kind of the main thread he feels most players will gravitate towards but there's yeah. also a battle based story where there is some kind of villain but he wouldn't say anything about the the villain or or antagonistic figure so it may not even be people it could be a planet for all we know yeah so the the possibilities are just crazy oh my god i'm so excited about this game I am just going talking to get just this talking game. about it yeah. just talking about it makes me so excited about it yeah. it seems like there's it's got a lot of potential yeah for sure so uh so listener go to gamespot.com they did a really cool interview with the creator i am i was more jazzed about this than anything else at Sony or Microsoft's press conference. Yeah, this actually might be my most ex- my the game that I am most excited for in the entire show. To be honest, it might have yeah, it might have actually beaten it. It it looked yeah, it just it it looks real good. Yeah, it looks real good. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, No Man's Sky, amazing. Yep. I can't even can't even wait. Yep. Uh, they had Far Cry 4's first kind of exclusive gameplay content, and it looks so wacky. There was an there was a war elephant that blew up a truck. Did you see that part? Uh, I must have missed that. So there's a th- there was a war elephant that came in and rammed a truck and blew it up into a fiery explosion. The elephant was totally fine. Don't worry about it. The elephant was cool. Uh, sure, yeah, obviously. Cry. Um, and the it, it kind of lo- it looks like a Far Cry game, um, from what I've seen of Far Cry Three. But the interesting thing is that there's going to be multiplayer in it, which there was not in Far Cry Three, mm-hmm. and the multiplayer is co-op, so it's just co-op campaign multiplayer. But then they said that you could play the game, you could invite somebody to your game that didn't own Far Cry. Yeah, I'm the one that told you about that in MG Chat during yeah. the conference. You were free. You were like, "What?" Yeah, I was like, "What? How is that even a thing?" So who knows how that works? Maybe that incorporates PlayStation Now, where like you'll have to like download the client and stream it, or. I guess if it if, it, if it, I guess if it's PlayStation now, you wouldn't have to download the client. You would just stream it from their servers or something. If you are a member of PlayStation now, but apparently that's a thing. That was that was it, that was crazy. Yeah, so kind of an interesting thing. You might be able to play Far Cry Four without owning Far Cry Four if somebody just invites you to play Far Cry Four. Um, something super smart that they that they announced. YouTube is coming to PlayStation. And you're going to be able to just upload your gameplay footage to YouTube using their share button. Right. Fantastic fantastic idea. Which you can do with Mario Kart 8, and I've done twice. Have you watched those? Yes. Yeah. But it, but there's no, there's no personal license in those videos. It's you uploading a 30-second clip of kind of like a canned gameplay video of your run. Right, right. right. I'm thinking that what this is going to be is using the PlayStation camera to show you, like, annotating videos, right? That would be really the... nice. Exactly. It's, and it's just going to be straight to YouTube. Now, does Xbox so, not have that? Xbox does not have that, no. Xbox doesn't even have Twitch functionality yet. Okay. They're still, like, they're still working on incorporating that. Then basically I'm getting a PS4. <laughs> 
Right. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's a big it's a big deal for people that are that are streaming fans. I think for like the vast majority of users that don't do anything with streaming, which is probably the like I said, the vast majority of them, this is like who the hell cares. But the fact that they've made it so easy to stream and it's like, "Hey, you can just upload this straight to your YouTube channel." I that's for some people, I think that's a big deal. It is a huge deal. And I, I follow Lee Kovacs on Twitter. She's a cosplayer for Nintendo. She does, like, official... She makes her own cosplay, and then Nintendo hires her to go to events. Like, she cosplayed as the original Link from the original Legend of Zelda for the launch of Link Between Worlds in New York, and they flew her out. So she's a big, big Nintendo person. And she was on Twitter during the Sony presser, and when it hit the hour mark and they started talking about the features and things like YouTube and PlayStation TV and things like that, every minute... She was tweeting, oh my god, games, I don't care, games, I don't care, games. And I get that, like, yeah, it sucked last year when Microsoft didn't do that. A lot of people want it to just be games, just be games. But I finally tweeted at her after literally, like, the seventh tweet in four minutes about how angry she was that they weren't just talking about games. And it was like, you know, sorry, but there are a lot of people that stream, and there's a there's a huge streaming community. Like, it's gigantic streaming community of people that watch or participate or whatever, like, cut them a little break. Yeah, there are definitely people that care about that. Yeah, it's like, this is actually a huge deal to me because, like, I've been playing Watch Dogs, but I can't stream it because I don't have an HDMI. Like, I don't have stuff for my computer. You don't have a capture card, exactly. I don't have a capture card, and I, I, I can't afford some of that stuff. The nice ones are, like, a couple hundred bucks. I don't have that, you know. But if I can, if I can get it on PS4 and stream it from my PS4, like hell yes, I'm all. I'm, you know, that's what I like about Mario Kart. I can play Mario Kart Eight, and yeah, it's a pre-made thing. Like I don't have rights or whatever. It's it's not like. Well, it's more just that it's a 30 second clip of like their editing of your gameplay video. Yeah, but I'm like a... you have no you have no license over that video. You can't do any kind of editing on it to make it interesting. You can actually edit on the YouTube back end. There's stuff you can do, but I, I don't care. Like, I don't care that much. I like sharing right. because they do a good job. Mario And I said in our last podcast when I reviewed Mario Kart 8, I don't really care about Mario Kart TV, which is that editing thing you talked about. I've gotten more, to be more of a fan of it. Some of the videos are kind of fun to watch, and I would actually, I think they did a really good job of implementing it. It's, it's different, but I, I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed watching some of them and sharing a couple of them. Sure. Uh, it's it's different, but again, um, I even like that. I even though I'm not controlling it, I like it. So for PlayStation to say you can do like full whatever or less restricted, that's even more exciting to me. So I I'm really glad they did that, and I, I hope there weren't too many haters watching the press or being like, "Who cares about YouTube?" Blah blah blah. I want the well, games. I mean, they for as far as the YouTube announcement that that was brief. It was just like, hey. By the way, YouTube is coming to PlayStation 4. That's that was true. pretty much all they said, and then it was done. Um, they've got Infamous First Light, which is a DLC for Infamous 3? Infamous 3. I know. Coming out for PS4 that you're not going to even need to own Infamous 4. It's going to be like Blood Dragon, which was a Far Cry 3 downloadable content. You can just download it and play it. Um, so that's kind of interesting, but if you own Infamous 3, you'll be able to get some exclusive content. Cool. Um, Dead Island 2... Looks really generic, like another Dead Island game. Yeah, I don't care about that. Move like on. another zombie game was whatever. Um, so that got announced. Uh, a nice little refreshing surprise. There was a game called Entwined that they announced. Um, 
And it was basically, you've got a blue dragon on your left thumbstick and a red dragon on your right thumbstick. Orange. And whatever. And you're in a tube um, that's Series rotating. Of tubes. That's, uh, that's rotating kind of like um, Descent. And you have to go through different colored barricades using these various colored dragons. So you have to like line them up and split your brain. And then you have to come together for certain barricades and stuff. Um, and it looked really cool and it looked pretty and it had great music. And then they said, and it's out today. Which I love this. I love this trend of like, hey, we're going to show you this really cool thing. And by the way, you can go get it right now. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, I agree. I loved that. I loved that. Yeah, so it looked great, and it was it. Yeah, I was. I don't know. It's cool. Was that a PlayStation um, exclusive? Do you know? It is. It's exclusively to PlayStation Network. Cool. So good on them. If uh, entwined for like ten or twenty bucks, um, brand new, looks beautiful, and looks like it could be really fun gameplay. So go check that out. Um, Last of Us Remastered. We already talked about that. Um, Ratchet and Clank movie. I don't know. I was. I've never played really a lot of Ratchet and Clank, but. They are the Insomniac, like, that is their intellectual property of choice. So, go check that out. I guess some people are into it. I thought, I did laugh because... uh, It's really good animation. Yeah, it looked like DreamWorks. I just laughed because Lee was, had just finished bitching on Twitter about how she wanted to see games, and then she, like, freaked out over the Ratchet and Clank movie. She's like, squee, Ratchet and Clank, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. All right, that's good. She's sure. great. She's great. Follow her on Facebook. She's got cool stuff. I'm not bashing her, but that... So anyway, Ratchet & Clank movie that's going to be like exclusive to the console. Um, Battlefield Hardline is a... is a multi, obviously multi-platform. But it's basically Cops & Robbers Battlefield. Now, neither of us are Battlefield players. But it's basically Cops & Robbers Battlefield, which is kind of a cool idea. And then the bait is going to be exclusive to PS4. So it's like, check it out first on PS4. That's how they got their exclusivity to it. Sure. Looks like a first-person shooter. Looks like a Battlefield game. Only cops and robbers. I don't know. Not for me. Probably going to be really fun for Battlefield players. Uh, Tetris Ultimate coming to PS Vita? Tetris? Yeah, and actually, people have said that the new Tetris is going to be awesome. What? I don't know. Are you trolling me? No, they had the original... They had they had that Russian guy that made Tetris there at E3 this year to, like, debut it. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, it's like a big deal. Okay. All right. Um, so that's a thing. Um, let's see what else. Devolver Digital is going to be releasing a bunch of indie games. They published a bunch of indie games for the PlayStation for the PlayStation 4. If you remember, listener, back when um, uh, the PlayStation 4 was announced last year, there was a huge montage of... Um, of indie games that they showed and it was like hey check out all these games and like there was a huge portion of them that were being published by Devolver Digital for the PlayStation 4 so that is they are publishing a bunch of games a bunch of a bunch more indie games so um, they showed a bunch of stuff that they're going to publish their games you've actually already heard of that are on um, Steam most likely right now and I was going to say Sony's done a really great job they had that huge huge montage of indie games that's coming out and I mentioned this last year at uh, when I went to E3 last year, Sony had, I mean, their booth was, like, gigantic, but they had just rows and rows and rows right. of PS4s, which hadn't even been released 
running indie games. Like, they're very pro-indie game. Right. There were as many indie games that are almost as AAA titles to demo. So, Sony's like... They're doing good. They're doing a good job with that, which is smart because look at Steam. Steam is all indie games, and they're printing money. You know, that's all right. we do. We just sit around spending a dollar on indie games all the time and playing a lot of them. all the time. I definitely buy a lot of them. Right. So, um, and that is Sony. So that was basically all of Sony. Cool. And so, bef- go ahead. I was gonna say, what did you think of uh, PlayStation TV? Oh, oh. And you know, you know what else they showed? They showed. Um, uh, they they made a big deal and they actually spent like five minutes on talking about free to play. That free to play was going to be a thing on Sony, um, and you know, I I don't have a lot of free to play games that I have a lot of affinity for, but but they are doing incredibly well in like the video game space right now. So um, for me, it's not that big of a deal, but I guess for some people, it it that could be a big thing. I think they're doing phenomenal in the free-to-play space. I did think it was funny they said, and when we say free-to-play, we mean free-to-play. And then it immediately cut to a trailer with an asterisk at the bottom that said some content only available for purchase. Exactly. Right. I was like, really? Really? You literally, just said, you literally just said it was completely free and then had a little disclaimer saying it's not. Right. right. So whatever. And there, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are games that do free-to-play incredibly well League of Legends Dota 2 like there are games where where there is no content that is hidden by money like it is all there it is just up to you to play the game to to unlock it um, and then there are games that that do free to play not as well in my opinion games like Candy Crush Saga Farmville stuff like that Plants vs. Zombies 2 Plants vs. Zombies 2 you know what supposedly I'm supposed to give that game another chance because it has come a long way what? How? Uh, they they basically you know all all the, the basically the complaints that I had, they've basically changed a lot of it. Oh, all and right. made That's it cool. so that a lot of that stuff has been unlocked because they heard those complaints. Good. So, that is the remainder from what I can tell of the Sony press conference. And before we go further, I'm gonna go get some water. Are you? Can you do I'm that? Gonna, I've been talking a lot. I think we can take a break. No, we're live. We take a break. We're live. We can be live and take a break. You take a break. I will talk to the listener about um, uh, something. Uh, You know what I'll do? I'll talk about what the listener played this weekend. You go take a break. Sounds good. Great. So, listener, every week we ask you, we're going to take a quick little mini E3 break, even though I'm not done talking about Sony because I totally have something to say about a PlayStation TV. But... uh, I will talk about what you played this weekend because every week we say, hey, listener, what are you playing this weekend? What video games? What, what games are you getting into? And then that gives John and I a good idea of what you're playing so that we can uh, just keep playing the games we're interested in and really not pay any attention to what you're doing. <laughs> just kidding. No, but um, so we asked you last weekend what you're going to play this weekend. Let's see what you had to say. John says Mario Kart 8. Tobias says Mario Kart 8. Uh, GVGINU says Mario Kart 8. Maybe some Moon Chronicles, too. I don't know what Moon Chronicles is. Uh, Chad said, finally finished Bravely Default on the Kirby Triple Deluxe. Good for you. And more Mario Kart 8. Matt says Mario Kart 8. Jay Fleming says Mario Kart 8, Transistor, Watch Dogs, and Child of Light. I'm playing Watch Dogs as well. I've only a few hours into it. It's really fun so far. I like it. 
It's great. I've not heard of Transistor or Child of Light, but good for you, Jay. I know you've been playing a lot of Mario Kart 8 because there's a lot of um, there's a lot of talk about it in general from our friends on Google Plus. Again, follow us on Google Plus if uh, you know you're not already. Uh, Jimmy Butterworth still plenty of Mario Kart 8 and also Tomodachi Life, and uh, so basically that's <laughs> oh, that was such a witty joke. <laughs> Oh. Actually, I was. It, it says this. This uh, post. Our post has ten comments, and I just read eight. And all eight of those people are playing Mario Kart Eight. But the next. Oh no, one more is. I'm sorry. So a lot of our fans playing Mario Kart Eight. Miles says just got a PS4, so I'm going to be playing a ton of Watch Dogs and maybe some Hearthstone if possible. I'm playing Watch Dogs, and John plays Hearthstone literally every day for eleven hours, and then talks about deck building all the time. So. You two should make out. Stop playing Hearthstone. I'm just kidding. I made out with John last night. It was great. It didn't happen. Christopher says Tekken three and Binding of Isaac. All right. You have to win the game. Is that the name of a game? You have to win the game. Is the name of the game? He initial caps all of it. You have to win the game. So I we'll have to look into that. Mario Kart eight. Again, another person playing Mario Kart eight. Trials Fusion and the Impossible Game. I have the Impossible Game. It's pretty fun. Have you played it? Is that the, is that the thing where it's like now click on the red thing and then like there's like a it's like a red thing. Nope, not that. It's not that. But so literally all of our listeners except for Miles, uh, who just got a PS4, is playing Mario Kart Eight. And I I gotta tell you, I did not expect to love Mario Kart 8 as much as I do. Like, I want to play it every day. Um, So, good job, Nintendo. Good. Like, good good job, Nintendo. I just... Every night, I want to come home and play that game. It's, it's, it's crazy. So, anyway, that's what you've been playing this weekend. Thanks for letting us know. And go to unqualifiedgamers.com to follow us on various outlets and tell us more in the future. Now, for you, John, I hadn't finished talking about Sony, so thanks for walking away, you jerk. Okay, keep talking about Sony. I want to know what I you think. About... I needed water so bad. Oh, what do you know about play? What do you think of PlayStation TV? So it's kind of like, from what I gathered, it's just kind of Apple TV. They announced PlayStation TV, where you'd be able to play your PlayStation games and your Vita, or your Vita games and your PlayStation. How does that work? No, you can play your PlayStation Four on a second TV in your house now. Like if you've got oh, your it's PS... basically it's basically Steam streaming. Yes, and this was this was another thing some people were bitching about. Like, oh, this isn't you know it's kind of useless or whatever. And you loved it. It is not useless. Yeah, you love yeah, no, the Steam it's... streaming. Yeah, it is not useless at all. Um, and actually, we sold Jamie on buying a PC because he's so somebody, jazzed about it. As somebody who so like, I can see how it's not. How it may not be something that, like, you could get into, right? Um, because you have an apartment where you have one living room and then it's attached to a bedroom and, like, that's your space, right? And I, I know this is white, like, this is white people problem, middle America problem, but there are times where I don't, like, my main TV, my large TV in my house is in my basement. And there are times where... I want to sit and hang out with my wife and my kid upstairs in the living room, but I want to still be able to play video games 
But all of my video games are like on my PC that are downstairs attached to my TV. So the Steam streaming thing that I talked about last week is perfect for me because I can just stream to my wife's laptop using all of the components of my PC downstairs and use her laptop as the screen and it's perfect. Well, this would be great for the same reason because if the, the, the PlayStation TV is just going to be a... It's just going to be a USB dongle, right? Pretty much. Yeah. I think it's a little... It's like a little... Yeah, basically. It's a little device, but it's a it's a USB dongle. And so, like, this is actually, like, the same thing. I could plug this USB dongle into, prob- most likely, I would assume, that I can plug it into this laptop and just play my PlayStation 4 games on this laptop if I wanted to. Yeah, and I... Using the PlayStation 4 downstairs. I, I have no use for it currently, but I can easily see how useful it would be in an environment exactly like... I mean, I've been to your house. Exactly like yours. Right. If I had a girlfriend and she was upstairs doing whatever and I... You want to sit with her when you play video games? Right. Very cool idea. So I was a big fan. I, You know, I didn't... Sony did stray away from talking about games for about 20 minutes, but I, I thought it was cool stuff. Like, when Xbox last year was... When Microsoft was talking last year about... Streaming through all, your... all the connect functionality Some and like that... their NFL stuff. Yeah, NFL the... stuff and like watching sports and voice activating to channel surf. Like that is stuff I don't think anyone thinks to themselves, oh, that would be really cool to have. It's a nice to have and it is cool, but is it worthy of spending fifteen minutes demoing the voice command at at a press conference? I, I don't right. think so. I thought that the stuff Sony presented was was cool and relevant. Now, I thought the guy presenting it was really boring and everyone made fun of him because he's like the dad that comes and shows up at the party and just like makes things boring. He was the new CEO. Yeah. And he is and he is not Jack Trenton. He's not Jack Trenton. And Jack cuz Jack Trenton is very entertaining. Yes. And this was his this was his first chance. So like he he'll be he'll get better. Yeah, he he'll did not get out the park. But but other than his delivery, I I'm I wanted to know about that stuff. Like, yeah, the only thing that falls, I think, into the category of things like I just did not care at all about was that comic book TV show that they talked about for like five minutes. Yeah, that was kind of what are you doing? But yeah, I agree with that. That was the only thing. But otherwise, everything I think stayed relatively relevant to what they are trying to do at Sony. Right, right. You and, again, some of our listeners, very excited about the Steam streaming thing. So, yeah, by extension, gamers would be excited about PlayStation TV because it's it's not just some weird television-watching peripheral. It's like you now can play your console in two different rooms, like, right. and that's cool. So I was okay with that. So, I, you know, I, I, I didn't break bad on Sony as much as some other people did. And, uh, again, I still think it had the same problem as Microsoft in, in terms of what like what do you need to buy my system to play you know i obviously little big planet there's there's always a couple obvious ones but there's a lot of gray area with other stuff including no man's sky which initially like i said if that was an exclusive i would have been like yes but now it's a coming to ps4 first and now it's like well well before we talk about nintendo to address what you're talking about right here the interesting thing is that like we're in a spot with the way video games are now that we were not in at the start of the last generation. And that spot is that PC gaming is a legitimate place to get most of your games now. 
when the Xbox and the PS3 came out, when the Xbox, the Xbox 360 and the PS3 came out, third-party publishers were not releasing their games to the PC. Their big-budget titles were all on those two consoles. That's true. But but now you can like you can set yourself up, give yourself a beefy PC, and you can have. 80 to 90% of the games that are released for these consoles onto that big beefy PC that you've got. Yeah. And I know that like for me, my my PC is future proof at the moment. I'll be able to run games for years still at the highest setting if not high on the setting. And so like the only thing that is going to get me to buy a PS4 or an Xbox 1 is to show me a game that is going to come to either one of those systems and not come to the PC that I have to have, right? right. Because the PC has so legitimized now. Mm-hmm. So we're just we're in a we're in a much different spot. It's a very interesting place now. It's true. And that said, there are the games that you know won't come on the PC that will need either a PS4 or an Xbox One for. And for me, that's Metal Gear Solid Five. Final Fantasy 15 and Final Fantasy Typo. Yeah, and actually Destiny is not coming to PC. That is only coming to um that is only coming to consoles. Um, consoles. And that's that's so, fine. And Destiny is not a game that I have to have, but for a lot of people it will be. Yes. So uh, yeah. So I, I again, I I'm sold on the idea that I should buy a and I know we keep calling it next gen, whatever. A current gen, you know, need to buy a new console. But in terms of setting them apart, there, there's not like. Well, the thing is, is like, do you need to buy one now? And the oh, I don't need to buy no. one now. Right. The answer is no. No. You don't need to buy one now. Um, so that basically goes through Microsoft and Sony. And you forgot Sony. Metal Gear Solid Five. They showed another trailer. Did they? Yep. No gameplay stuff though, right? It was just CG stuff. Yeah, it was. Actually- I mean, I mean. Well, known stuff because we know Metal Gear Solid Five is coming too. Well, all the Metal Gear Solid games, all of their cutscenes are in game. There's no FMVs, so, um, so all of the action they showed and all that stuff was was in the game engine, which was cool. But but yeah, no no game in E3 last year, it showed quite a bit of gameplay of the new Fox engine system or whatever. Maybe they sure. figured they don't have to show as much because Ground Zeroes came out a few months ago. I don't know. But uh, but I, I'm I'm still excited about that game. It didn't really increase the hype for me a lot. Um, but but it it's always nice to see more footage. Why not? Right. Now we can move on to uh, you know, you know who, you know who, he will. So thanks for joining will... us on this episode of uh, Unqualified Gamers. Episode seventy four. Episode seventy four of Unqualified Gamers. Were you trying to close? Was that the joke? Because it wasn't good. It wasn't a good joke. Mm. Hey, so Nintendo was left. Who? So Nintendo did a conference. They didn't do a conference. They did a live event. They did an online uh, online thing. online video. They did a video. Um, they basically did a uh, well-funded, fun revealer video for their new games. Right. I mean, I, I guess I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it was like scripted and funny and fun. Yeah. So that's it. Why do you sound so unimpressed with that? <laughs> no, it was I I'm not I'm trying to sum it up into a, a sentence. Um yeah, it was they did in 45 minutes what it took uh Microsoft 90 minutes to do and Sony 110 minutes to do. 
which was get people hyped about their system and get their message across. I, I liked that Nintendo was very concise in their presentation. They were. They had less to show, which is fine. But yes. But they, what they did show was... But what they did show was great. Really good. Do you want to go yeah. to the games? Sure. So they started with Super Smash Brothers, and they showed uh, Miis, which is a big deal, I think, for Super Smash Brothers. Basically, basically what they showed was a... Uh, a very light character creation system where you can mix and match some moves and have a relatively large number of of combinations then for characters using your own me. Pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm going to be less inclined You are going to you are going to buy that game regardless. I I'm going to so, get that game like, anyway, but I'm going to be less inclined to create my own character than I will be to like play as I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I would rather play as the Nintendo... I, I've i never wanted to be myself in a Super Smash Bros. game. I've always like loved playing as all the different Nintendo property characters. Right, and Pac-Man. Sure, so Pac-Man got revealed like later on in the show. Um, Which so I'm gonna tell, we're going to end the podcast talking about Smash Bros. because I spent two hours watching the first ever Smash Bros. 4 tournament, and we need to talk about that. Yeah, I saw that too. Um... Then they talked about Amiibo. Amoeba? Amiibo. 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 Which is Amy- for... Amiibo. For Smash Brothers 4 and Mario Kart 8 and a couple other it's games. It's for everything. It's going to be for everything. Well, it's going right. to be for a ton of Nintendo properties. So what it is is... Listener, I was literally you... explaining it, and then you interrupted me to explain it. Okay, you ex- you explain it so I can drink water. Okay, yeah. That's what I was trying to do until you interrupted me to not drink water. So don't do it. Wow. That's good. Uh, it is... It's little figurines that you have, and you put them against your... Okay. All right. I'll just, you know, why don't you explain it, John? <laughs> I don't actually know what it is. It's little figurines you get. You put it up against your Wii U gamepad or Nintendo 3DS, and it scans something and puts a character in the game. Uh, this is going to be used for extra features, uh, unlockable content in circuit certain games, and it's a way for Nintendo to make more money and have some cool figures. I will probably buy some. They talked about how you can train. Like, if you have an amiibo of a little Mario figurine, you can put it against your Wii U gamepad and fight against it and train with it, and then it becomes stronger and stronger. So then you can bring it to a friend's place and grab that Mario amiibo and put it on the pad, and then it's more powerful than the other person's or whatever. So it's going to have some interesting metagaming um, repercussions, I think. Uh, You know, again, it's going to make more money for them. I don't think they're going to make it in like a necessity to buy a lot of these. I'm I'm guessing, but I don't mind it as an additional microtransaction, I guess. So, I'll talk about this from my perspective here. As a dad of an infant, I am both incredibly excited and horribly terrified of the idea of near-field communication stuff. So, um this is going to be using Nintendo's near-field communication. Like Cody said, it's going to be like placing this next to your Wii U gamepad. You might not know this, but your game, your Wii U and your 3DS, if you've got it, both have this functionality in them. They just haven't used it for anything. Um, but it is going to be able to sense some sort of computer chip in these figures, and it'll be able to port the data in 
this computer chip into your game. The data can then be used to play a game, to have this character in the game as their idea, and then be retransferred back onto the computer chip in the figurine. That figurine can then be transported somewhere else, say to a friend's house, and you can then download that data into their Wii U, play with it, and then re-upload it into your computer-chipped figurine. Not to mention, these figurines are also figurines. They're cool-looking. Like, they're what a kid would want to collect. Like, I want to collect action figures. I think it literally just said everything you just said. Yeah, I said it more eloquently, though, and in the idea that it's going to... It's targeted at kids, right? Well, you're targeted at kids, so, so like, I'm excited because this will be a great way to introduce, like, action figures to my son. Um, but it is what Skylanders and Disney Infinity have already done. So it is, this is a known quantity. Like, this is known how, it is known how to do this well. So Nintendo already has a blueprint for how to do this well. Um, and all they need to do is actually do what's already been done and then add some functionality because they have so much recognition with their their first-party characters that they're going to sell themselves, just like Disney's products sell themselves, right? Yeah. So I, it's cool. It's a really cool thing. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what they do with it, and I'm excited to start collecting them for Max. Cool. So I'm glad you're excited about it. I'm done talking yeah. about them. So that was Amiibo. Oh, oh, and the cool thing about it, and this is this is actually the first way that they were departing um, from the previous, you know, Skylanders and Disney Infinity. They're going to be usable in multiple games. And Cody already said that, but that's not something that's ever happened before. What's what's always happened is like Skylanders has released with the game Skylanders, and then here's this glut of action figures. Or, here's Skylanders Swap Force, which was a version of Skylanders that came out, like, it was the third version of Skylanders that came out. And it came out with a video game called Skylanders Swap Force, and you could only use those Swap Force action figures in the Skylanders Swap Force video game. But Nintendo is going to do this in a way where you can use these action figures, like Cody just said, in multiple games. So it gives them even more functionality, which is awesome. That's never been done before. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, the next thing they did was Yoshi's Woolly World, which is, which is from what I gather, it's Yoshi's Island 2. Or did they 3. Make Yoshi's Island 2? Or 3. It's, a, it's, it a, it's three. the new Yoshi's Island game. It's the new Yoshi's Island game made in the style of Kirby's Epic Yarn. Which was an amazing game, by the way. Kirby's yeah, Epic Yarn. Nobody said it wasn't. What? Nobody said it wasn't. Yeah, well, no, you implied no. it. I did, I did not imply that you it did. was not. You really did. I don't think I did. Okay, well, I thought you did. Okay. So, so I, I didn't. But uh, it, it is made in the style of Kirby's Epic Yarn. Um, it, it looked awesome. Like, it looked super cute. I don't know. It looked charming? I don't know. It looked, it looked pretty in a cute way. In a non-sexual way is what you're trying to say. So what John's saying is he thought it was adorable, but not in a way that sexually aroused him. I didn't. I didn't say that. Well, I mean, he probably was anyway, because I mean, we're podcasting. Am I right? Right. I mean, my pants came off when we started talking about Nintendo. Actually, my pants my pants came off when we started talking about No Man's Sky. So I'm 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 deep pantsed. You've been deep pantsed for a while. It's true. It's true. Yep. 
So, uh, yeah, I'm excited about the Yoshi game. That's really all there is to say about it. Uh, it looks so. The the big deal to me, and the reason why I think this game looks great, uh, is because they likened it in the press conference to Super Mario World. They specifically drew the that comparison, and Super Mario World was, I think, probably the best 2D Super Mario game. I'm gonna go out there and say that. Uh, all right. I don't feel like arguing, so I won't. But you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, I you could I think you could make the case for Super Mario Brothers 3 and I wouldn't argue with you. But for me, Super Mario World was the best 2D Super Mario game. And so the fact that they have specifically made the comparison that this is going to be like that game makes me incredibly excited. Because they they talked all about how there aren't time limits and it's all about the exploration of the level. And if you remember in Super Mario World, it was all about like finding the key door and then finding the key for that key door. And you might have to do this really weird Yoshi jump and ditch your Yoshi in order to get to get to the key door and make it work and stuff. And it was just awesome. Yeah. Um, and this game is going to be like that. So I'm <laughs> really pumped. I will buy it. So, uh, that looked great and had that awesome Nintendo creature design and everything, so that looks great. Um, Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker. So, if you've played New Super Mario World 3DU, Super Mario Brothers, the new Super Mario Brothers World 3DU. Super um, Mario 3D World. U, New Super Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. Right. If you've played that one, there is a mini game in. Um, I don't know, maybe four different worlds. There might be four levels total that you that are Captain Toad, and he's an archaeologist that's digging for buried treasure. The treasure he's always digging for are superstars. Um, and so the mini game in New Super Mario Brothers 3D World, you New Super Mario Brothers, the New Super Mario Brothers 3D World, is you. probably the best. To me, it was my my favorite mini game of all of them, because it was all like like they made a very they made a very specific type of game where you had to change the perspective to change the camera and rotate it around in a three sixty um, environment to make it so you could see different paths that were available to, for Toad to walk, and it was almost like a big puzzle, right? Just a big like walking puzzle. Yeah, they were all puzzles. They're three D puzzles. Right, and so now they've announced an entire game based on that because they probably got a lot of feedback that said, "Hey, we really like this thing." I am a, I am slightly concerned. I, I could see a game that was entirely this getting a little stale. The reason why the Toad levels in New Super Mario Brothers 3D World, you New Super Mario Brothers, you love the New Super Mario Brothers U 3D World. The reason why they were so good was because they punctuated other stuff. So. I don't think I personally want a game of just this. But the gameplay so, trailer made it look like there were... Showed some different stuff. It definitely... Yeah. Sh- yeah. And I, I mean, I trust Nintendo to keep it fresh. I don't trust... If Nintendo is something, it's it's not boring. Very rarely do they make a boring game. Yeah. I'm excited, especially if it's a $15 or $20 DLC. I will totally and pick this that game that is up. exactly what I was thinking. So... That was actually the next thing I was going to say. If this is a, if the, if that is what this is, if this is just a Captain Toad game, okay. But then don't charge me sixty dollars for it. Like that'll make me a little peeved. 
I might pay sixty, it, but I don't think it's gonna be that. Like if if they, I don't I don't think so either, and I I don't think it should be. But if they build it out enough to be sixty dollars, I I think they will probably make it worth it. Like they'll probably have a lot of features we don't know anything about. But right. I'm guessing they're just gonna stick to several different kinds of puzzles, and it'll be a twenty dollar DLC, and I'm totally fine with that. And I totally am too. Twenty dollar DLC, I think, is a great idea. I would totally be all over that. Yeah, and a lot of so people make... complain about like I saw some people on Facebook. Oh, Captain Toad doesn't need his own game. Blah blah blah. But like, if you haven't played the mini games in Mario 3D World, they're they are really fun. They are very very. They fun. They are really fun. But the again, the reason why they're really fun is because they are brief and they they don't overstay their welcome. No, you're wrong though. So like they I'm, last, they last for just long enough to keep you wanting more. Well, sounds like me in bed. Because it was like every time that I wanted a new, a new uh, Captain Toad level, there was one in the next world. So I, but I never, I was never sitting there playing that game, thinking to myself, man, I could play an entire game of just Captain Toad. And I don't think there were probably a lot of people that thought that. Well, I think you're dumb. So. Let's just agree to disagree and move on. That being on. said, that being said, it looked charming. I I uh, marked out when I saw it. I was legit. I was like, "Yes, a Captain Toad game! I'm excited." So, yeah, for all of the reasons I just said, one, I'm excited. Two, I would be concerned if they wanted to charge me sixty dollars for an all Captain Toad game. So, why do you hate Toad? <sighs> Have you always hated Toad? Are you just okay. mad because Luigi didn't get his own puzzle game? So the next game they showed was Legend of Zelda. The Legend of Zelda. Do you even read? Um, and Zelda had a bow, and she was hot, and uh, she is an adventurer. Some people think that Link could be a girl in the next game. Did you know that? that I think that'd be awesome. I think it'd be fine. It, it'd that be way badass. I wouldn't have to feel bad about, about masturbating to Zelda the whole game. To link the whole game. That's what you I masturbate said. masturbate to link the whole it game. It doesn't... Look, either way... Either way, I'm getting things done, okay? You do get it done. Like a champ. So, they showed the new Legend of Zelda, and it was... There was no gameplay. It was all CG. Uh, looks beautiful, as you would expect it to. I would want it to be beautiful now, now that we're finally on the next-gen systems. Current um, gen. Okay. So, uh, again, it looks beautiful... Um, they basically just showed Link running through an area on a horse, and then he gets attacked by a big monster, and he shoots his bow at it, and then that's it. That's the trailer. But it looked great. Do you have anything more? I mean, is that that pretty much sums it up, right? It just it it looked great. Well, and they, and they, they also talked about how it's going to be like an op. They really wanted to emphasize that it's going to be like an open world Zelda game. Yeah, like he he kind of made it sound like you're going to be able to just like in Link to the Past two Electric Boogaloo, you're going to be able to maybe approach dungeons at a different at a you don't have to go to the same dungeon every time, like there's not an order. A link that kinda between what it worlds. Like? You mean a link between worlds? Is that what you meant when you made yeah. up a stupid name that didn't make sense? That's what I said. Okay, cool. I guess or whatever. Is, isn't that kind of what the, the yeah it's an open though? world Zelda game and it looks gorgeous like do you need to say anything else we're all excited we want it to come out yeah and everybody that likes Zelda is going to buy that game because they like Zelda I'm going to buy that game are you going to buy yeah. that game uh, maybe okay well 
Um, then they showed Pokemon Omega, Ruby, and Alpha Sapphire, and they look they look exactly like X and Y. Um, the interesting thing about Pokemon is that like X and Y had all these features that they didn't talk about when it finally got released. That had all these features that like they didn't talk about, like that pedometer thing, um, the Pokemon Ami thing. There were all these features in there, like so much stuff. And so I imagine that Rubians there, that this new Ruby and Sapphire are gonna have all these extra things that we have no idea about yet. Pretty much, but I'm gonna buy uh, uh, Ruby Red. I'm buying Ruby Red, and then I will trade with myself so that I can catch every Pokemon. So there you Would go. Would you have to have 3DSs for that? You know, I'll probably buy another 3DS just so that I can trade with myself. Okay. Um, Bayonetta 2 uh, I'm already sold on this game so I'm going to be buying this game no matter what anyway uh, looked awesome still looked crazy action Planum Games, probably my favorite developer I've been, I'm in record saying that um, and then, then later in the show they announced this awesome thing that they're doing they're going to give you all of Bayonetta 1 remastered with some extra stuff in it for buying Bayonetta 2. You just get both Bayonetta games. That sold me. Oh, that is awesome! I actually specifically did not care about Bayonetta 2 because I haven't played the first one until they announced that, and I am now sold on the game. Oh, it's so great. Like, good for them for doing that. Unbelievable. So, and I'm sure they got... I'm sure they were incentivized by Nintendo to do that, but, like, that is just awesome. I cannot wait for that game. It's going to be so fun. Make that game come out soon. It's not going to come out soon. Make that game come out soon. You've been working on it forever. Um, it's got it's got boobs and butts and lots of hair. That's great. Right. I um, have again, I the, the Bayonetta 1 pack-in sold me on this game. I, I yeah. didn't want to go back and play uh, an older generation original game Bayonetta to catch up with story or anything like I didn't I didn't care I was like well I missed the boat on Bayonetta the ship sailed already I'm not gonna go back I'm not gonna get Bayonetta 2 and like they this got me to buy the game I'm gonna buy the game now so good on you Nintendo and Platinum Games and this is one of the few games um this is one of the few games that I did not see Treehouse demoing on the next few days when they were streaming stuff because I actually watched a lot of the Treehouse uh streaming stuff and they didn't show Bayonetta 2 um I don't know. I don't think that means anything in particular. I think that maybe there just wasn't a playable... They didn't have a playable build of it there. But, um... Yeah. Little little sad about that. That there wasn't... There wasn't, uh... Gameplay footage of it. Yeah. I'm over it. Uh... Then they showed Hyrule Warriors. They... Talks about that again. That is the Dynasty Warriors game with Zelda characters. And... Uh... I was not expecting to be interested in this, to be perfectly honest. And then I watched the live stream of it that um, uh, that that Treehouse did, and I'm actually kind of on board. Like, it looks pretty good. I was probably going to get it just because Zelda's in the name, but I also saw some I'm... gameplay footage, and it looked really cool, so I am really sold on it now. I mean, it's a Dynasty Warriors game. They, honestly, they get kind of old. Like, they get kind of old they get kind of boring after a while of after a while of doing it um but just it being a different like part of the reason why dynasty warriors got gets gets boring is because it's humans fighting humans and then you like run around a battlefield and then you fight more humans 
but this is all Legend of Zelda lore stuff, all Legend of Zelda funky monsters and stuff. And so, like, it looks just visually to me, it is more interesting than the Dynasty Warriors game. Yeah. Games. Yeah. So I actually, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to buy this game. Cool. Me too. Uh, and before so we move on to the next game, we had a, a comment from Vintage Gamer Privately Brown. Bayonetta for the win. The fact that the first one is packed in also is an instant seller. And again, totally agree. Going to get the second one specifically, like, was interested now because they're packing in the first game. So Yeah, for sure. Very cool. Uh, and then they showed Kirby and the Rainbow Curse. Uh, you and wet yourself when they announced I, this. I cannot believe you did not play Canvas Curse for the 3DS. Kirby Canvas Curse for the 3DS was legitimately one of the best 3D... I'm sorry, for the DS. This was like a... Okay, so this was a DS... This was a DS release game. It was legitimately one of the best DS games ever made. And it was a... It was a it was a launch game with a DS. It was that good. It was so good. Oh. So I cannot <laughs> I cannot believe that you did not play that game. I missed so, I missed the boat on a lot of DS games, man. I just didn't play that. So many. I am super excited for this new Kirby game. Um because they're gonna it's basically like you fing around with the gamepad doing the same thing you did in Canvas Curse, only I'm sure there's gonna be some on screen like functionality too on the actual TV that you're going to be playing on because you're going to be using the stylus on the Wii U gamepad. I'm super excited. It's like exactly what I want from the Wii U. I want them to use that gamepad for some interesting functionality. Yeah, okay. It's going to be great. All right. I trust you. Oh, I cannot wait. Uh, so I uh, am probably not going to buy that one. And then the next one is uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X. I was going to buy this regardless because I loved Xenoblade Chronicles. So what is this? Just a HD remaster? No, it's a completely new game in HD. And I saw Treehouse playing this game, and it is it is basically the gameplay from Xenoblade Chronicles uh, with a lot of new gameplay systems added, and it looks awesome. And it looks like a single-player MMO, and I was, like I said, I was already on board, but that it just made me more excited. I'm totally in for this. Yeah, I need to get Xenoblade Chronicles still because I, yep. I couldn't procure a copy before, but that's not my Yeah, list. you can always borrow it from me if you wanted to. But ah. it's oh, it's it's really good. It's really good. Cool. Um super excited about that. Um and like I said, I definitely am buying that. Then they showed Mario Maker and this game got this game got a ton of buzz. Ton of buzz, and I couldn't care less. Honestly. People I have zero people have been doing this since emulation was invented. That's actually true. It's absolutely true. You look at Super Mario Frustration, all these different Mario mods are out there, and now Nintendo has an official one, and it's going to be streamlined and make the process even easier, so people that aren't into hacking emulators are going to be able to make these things. Right. You know, Mario Super Mario Brothers stresses me out. It stresses me out so much. It is so hard and punishing. It 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 has always stressed me out. Um I'm also not a big creator of things. I don't like I no longer 
dedicate the time and energy into creating things like custom maps, which I used to do in StarCraft, right. and I loved doing it when, back in the day, but these days I, I prefer to be more of a consumer when it comes to most video game content than a creator of things. Um, I get the impression that this is this is kind of like the modern day Mario Paint. Like I think that that's kind of the vibe that they're going for yeah, with could this be. particular game. And and that's the thing. I'm even having said all that, I might be interested in buying it to play some of the custom stages or I'm just going to want to watch a lot of it on Let's Play channels. Because I'll gladly watch people play through really yeah. fun custom levels. Like, this is the kind of thing I would like to watch. I would definitely spectate some cool custom Mario stuff. I definitely see that a little more for me. Because, yeah. like, I am not the kind of guy that's going to go and make a bunch of levels and then want to play those levels and everything. Like, that's just not... It's just not... It's not the way I consume video games at all. Right. I think it's a very cool idea. I think... I will enjoy some things about it. I don't know yet if I'll want to buy it, um, but I am. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was cool. I know you couldn't like care in terms of consuming it personally, but I thought it was cool. I was like, yeah, it's a it's a great idea. I am not going to get it, and I know I'm not going to get yeah. it. Like it's it's it doesn't mean I don't think it's a great idea. It just means like I it is not for me. It is not a product for me. Cool. All right. Uh, then they showed, and this was the thing that they ended with, they showed a new intellectual property called Splatoon. Yes! Let's talk about this. Okay, so this is going to be a third-person shooter, which is weird for Nintendo to be releasing, but it's not what you think. It's a third-person shooter where you play as squid people, and the object of it's an area control game where you spray ink everywhere... And whoever has the most area of the map covered in ink at the end of the game wins the game. And you can also use that ink. You can use your own ink to travel really fast around the map as a squid. So you can turn into a squid at any time and move really fast and be and be invisible by moving through your own ink across the map. Um, and it's for it's a four v four online multiplayer third-person shooter from what I understood. And it's got this really kind of chunky, blocky art style, um, cartoonish, um, very cartoonish, very hyper, uh, hyper, um, morphed, demorphed. No one knows what you're trying to say. Literally. Um, Characters look weird, right? Like, characters just look... It just, just looks look... like a cartoon. It's like a cartoony art style. Why, why are you going right. into such painstaking detail about this? Okay, it's a cartoony art style. Thank you. Hyper... What? What's the word I'm looking for, though? It's the word they used for... for Final, they talk about Final Fantasy IX all the time. Hyper... Super deformed? Super deformed. Yeah, it's like super deformed characters. So big heads. They, they definitely had big heads. Sure. A lot of hair. I think it looks super fun... I would probably play it if I had any friends that play it. I'll totally play it. It looks super fun. I watched a, uh, I watched a, a the Treehouse stream of it, and they played it for about 15 minutes, and by the end of the fifth or sixth match, I was actually kind of already bored with the mechanic. So there, ne- I think there needs to be a little more there. Um, 
I thought it looked like a fantastic idea when I very first saw it. And then again, when I started watching it and I started, and it was literally the same gameplay over and over and over again. And they did, and each match is only three minutes long. So it's very fast, but I got bored with it relatively quickly. So it, it needs some varied gameplay to keep it fresh. Otherwise that game would get incredibly stale. I think for most people, but didn't you say it's an eShop game and not a full release? I never said that. I actually don't know anything about it. Oh, okay. Well, I thought it was I actually thought it was a full release. I just think that there's a lot that they haven't shown yet. But that game I'm I'm just saying that game's going to get boring if there's not more in there. Yeah, but I mean, first-person shooter multiplayer is shoot people. Not a whole lot yeah, of variety. But, but there's an unlock system in all of those games, right? Maybe there's so an unlock system. So it's like unlocking in this? maybe. You know. I don't know. We don't know anything about it yet. That is yet to be seen. I'm saying with just based on the build that they brought to the show and watching it get played, it needs more is what I'm saying. So what you're saying is the final product is going to be garbage. And how do you, how do you know this? That seems judgmental of you. Yeah, that does seem pretty judgmental of me, but I just know. Okay. Uh, And that was actually all of Nintendo. So as you can see, Nintendo didn't bring as many games, but the games that they brought are games that, I am more interested in. And then, the post presser, official presser, not only did they announce Pac Man for Smash Brothers, which, let's talk about that for a second. I am the most excited about Pac Man. Like, I am more excited about Smash Brothers 4 because of Pac Man than I was because of Mega Man. Okay, so I guess I don't really care. You I don't, don't know. Care. The Pac-Man well, I don't trailer... know. I mean, how am I? I'm not a big Namco fan. Are you? Like, are you all up in Namco properties? Dude, the the Pac-Man trailer threw in so many eight bit Namco property little Easter eggs and little the, nods. Uh, it just it looks it it's just it added like a whole new dimension of retro to the game, and it just for some reason it totally connected with me. Totally connected. And they, and they also announced a new. Polythemus. Which, in Polyth- the best debut trailer ever made, the anime... Yeah, it was basically an anime. The it was anime basically, battle. It was a great debut trailer. Oh my god, the anime battle the production, between... Yeah, the production value on that was very high. It was pretty great. It was amazing. Anime battle between Pit from Kid Icarus and Link yep. from The Legend of Zelda. So good. Uh, but yeah, Pac-Man got me jazzed. And then, the next day, Shigeru Miyamoto has two super top secret projects he's working on. The first of which is Star Fox... It's Star Fox. A Star Fox project. Yeah, which is great. Which is going to be amazing. Probably won't see it till 2016, but I'll wait. Yeah, that's true. That's going to be a long time. So that's why they probably didn't even talk about it. Right. They. I mean, I think all we got was that it's in development. And that's the only reason why they would why they would say that. I, I doubt that they even wanted to let people know it was in development, to be honest. With Miyamoto. Because Miyamoto is semi-retired, I believe. Yeah, he's just kind of heading his own stuff now. He can He's kind of, like, doing whatever he wants. Right. Um, but I don't believe he's as involved with other Nintendo IPs and projects as heavily on a regular basis. So this is a big deal right. that he's kind of spearheading the Star Fox project. Right. And then the other game, Giant Robot or something, I don't remember the name of it. Did you uh, read much about that or watch much about it? Is that the one with the cameras? Yes. Is that a different one? Yes. Yeah, I saw. So I read about what it is, um, but I don't really know. I it looks, it looks again like exactly what I want from the Wii U 
using that gamepad. Yeah, it looks super cool. So basically what it is is you control it like you're a security guard or something, and there are eight security cameras lining your screen, and they show different points of the perimeter around this area that you're guarding, and it's up to you to monitor these screens, and when something appears on it or there seems to be trouble there are robots that you're able to, con to control to neutralize threats and intercept enemies and things like that. Um, but because there are so many cameras, this is the kind of game that would benefit greatly from having, like, a couple people in the room and maybe, like, you've got some friends over and a couple keep an eye on each camera or, you know, sure. and they, they yell at you, like, while you're fighting one robot in one screen, oh, my God, it's like, go over there, go over there. A um, lot of touchpad integration, and it's like a super top-secret project. But, the, again, agree with you, the kind of thing that we use should really be doing and, and will just be awesome at doing and the kind of thing you haven't seen before. Like, that is a cool concept for a game. Oh, it's great. I think it sounds awesome. I'm really, really jazzed for it. So, yeah, every, like, everything Nintendo showed, I have a degree of interest in. If not, I'm going to buy. Except for Mario Maker, really. And that's kind of impressive. That's kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why, like we said, like, for us, Nintendo was probably the best press conference. Now, again, at risk of sounding uh, controversial... I really think that every one of those press conferences had stuff for a group of people. I don't think that's controversial. I think that's totally fair. Yeah, and so like again, if you are if you are like Joe first person shooter, which is a weird name. First of all, you should probably change your last name. Second of all, you've got the Xbox 1. Like that that system is all about first-person shooters, and you should buy that because that's like a, that's got everything you want in those first-person shooters. Um, you know, Sony's got kind of some more of the of the indie touch to it. Um, it's a little more aesthetic. I don't know. It's uh, again, Sony to me was the blandest of all of them. <laughs> it was, and then Nintendo just had a lot of interesting kind of unique games that I want to buy. They're innovative and they're going to be really fun because it's Nintendo and they're really good at innovating. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, like I don't actually know how innovative they're going to be. We'll see. Um, it doesn't matter though. Like Kirby and the rainbow curse probably won't be innovative because it was, it's probably going to have the same gameplay that canvas curse had. Uh, I watched Xenoblade Chronicles X. That is literally the same gameplay that Xenoblade Chronicles had. Um, you know, Super Smash Brothers is going to be Super Smash Brothers. Yoshi's Woolly World looks like Yoshi's Island. So I don't know how innovative they are, but the point is, is that Nintendo just makes good games. Like I don't think that there's pro there's a good chance probably that we won't see a ton of things that are that are super like new new ways to play games from Nintendo, and that's fine. Because they just make really tight, ridiculously polished experiences. That's what they do, and that's okay. But I don't like. I don't think there's going to be a lot of a lot of innovative gameplay in any of those things. Like if you watched Yoshi's Woolly World, it looked like Yoshi's Island. I mean, you're flinging eggs, you're jumping around. It looks, it looks like Yoshi's so, Island. I mean, maybe not like innovative gameplay in, in terms of like going from buttons to a Wii remote, but in terms of the things they're doing on screen, like how Mario Galaxy wasn't just another 3D Mario. It did crazy things in the game that were really wild. 
You know, right. that was like a transcendent yes. experience. Now, Kirby's Epic Yarn had some really cool stuff that you wouldn't think would happen in a Kirby game. And I'm guessing that the Yoshi title will do some things like that as well. So maybe the gameplay itself will be similar, but some of the artistic style and some of the things you're doing and the way you're interacting with the game environment, I think, could be very innovative. So, um, you know, we, we will see. But Nintendo is very good at changing one little thing that you think is kind of minor and then showing you, like, look at this world of possibilities it opens up, and then actually exploring and doing a good job of thoroughly exploring that world of possibilities. And that, that's why I'm super yeah. excited about most of what they talked about. So yeah. I, I know that we are now at, like, 14 hours of podcast. So so overall, you say Nintendo wins for you, but you would understand if people are jazzed about other systems over Nintendo is what, kind of what you're saying. Overall, Nintendo wins for me, but Sony solidified my slant interest in their system my slant towards PS4 I sure. think that they they did a good job I also thought it was really funny one thing I forgot to mention Sony kind of st- started its non-game part of its presser by talking about its camera they're like we offered a camera yeah. to people that was cute and now we need to add more features like which is the opposite of Microsoft removing Connect from its Xbox so yeah. I thought that, like, you could hear people laughing in the crowd, too, because Sony was basically like, our camera's so popular, we need to do stuff with it. <laughs> I know, I know. It was it was funny. So um, good, I, good. I think, I just, I think that all of these systems are, they've all got good stuff. Um, I wish that, like, the two games that I really want to play that are multi-platform would come to PC and not just be on a console because it it's going to make me have to buy one of like one of those two consoles. Um because otherwise I would just play everything on my PC. I really think that the strongest way to game right now is to buy a PC and to have a Wii U. Cuz you, again, you get like 80 to 90% of the games for multi-system stuff on your PC. And they're run at they're run the best of any of the ga- of any way to run the games. If you build a beefy PC, that is the best looking way to run any of these games. And then you've got your Wii U, which has video games that are not available anywhere else and will never be because Nintendo won't release their stuff on PC ever. Yeah. So I really think that is like the way to play games right now. If you can't afford a ton of stuff, that is the way to do it. I would agree with that sentiment. And uh yeah, I I honestly this E3 kind of renewed my faith in console gaming because before this, without any of those console exclusives and the way Sony and Microsoft sold their systems as kind of here experiences we can offer on these consoles that you can't get anywhere else. I'm right. specifically looking at the Master Chief Collection and Naughty Dog. Honestly, Naughty Dog, I think, did such a good job with Last of Us with their storytelling that they are seen as one of the top, one of the top developers. I really do. I mean, and you could hear it. Yeah, you're probably you could right. Hear it in the press conference. I mean, when I saw it, I thought to myself, "Wow." Come to think of it, I can only get Naughty Dog on PS on, on PlayStation. Hmm. Yeah, and like Uncharted Four, and you are now like a Naughty Dog. Uh, specifically a Naughty Dog fan, like, you will only be able to see Uncharted 4 on PS4. Right, exactly. Um, So, that said, with the way they presented it and the indie titles and the community is building up and all these sharing features and things, now I'm starting to think, like, maybe console gaming isn't going to die 
because before this I was kind of you know everybody was kind of pointing at the PC like like you said there's there's PC over there people are getting smarter about technology these days like do we really need to shell out 500 bucks on a console and for the majority of titles you still can just do a PC but I think that Sony and and Microsoft are finally bringing enough to the table and Nintendo's always been like you need a Nintendo system to play a Nintendo game cool exactly they, they, and they've always been good nintendo games have always oh been God, good yes. like we're always gonna make good games for yeah. you so so you should always have the nintendo system that's yeah they out. never needed to convince me that there's a re- like you need to have a nintendo like no i needed to get a wii u when smash brothers was announced okay uh right but but yeah i think i think that uh it's gonna be an interesting year and i'm very excited about next year's e3 to see like where the landscape is at that point you know yeah the thing that i was the most sad about about with all of this year's E3 was that uh, almost all of the titles that were announced were were then slated for 2015. Yeah, not a lot, not a ton. There's just not a lot coming out this year, this year. and so they like that more than anything else has has been a strong case as to why I just don't need to buy a new system yet. Yet. Like, I don't need to buy a new system yet because there's not stuff coming out. There's not even stuff coming out this year that I want to buy. Well, you're not buying Smash Brothers, apparently, so... I already have that system, so yes, I'm buying that. Oh, right. I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> uh, so those are about all your yeah. thoughts on the conference and all the pressers and everything? Mm-hmm. Cool. I think so. I don't really know what my... I think we just we just wrapped up with like our general sentiments, and that's that everybody won. Yeah, that's true. And that's probably not a very popular opinion. Yeah. I'm sure we. I'm sure we would get far more likes if we just said Nintendo fucking rocked it and Sony and Microsoft fucking suck. Well, yeah. So let's end it with that. Yeah, there's that. Um, okay, that's cool. Uh, I am just gonna say that I. I said I was gonna wrap up with some Smash Brothers tournament talk, but we we have really gone like two and a half hours now, and I. Yes, we have. I don't want to make this. Well, I would like to go to bed at some point. Um, so I won't get super deep into it. I'll talk about it more next week. But I just wanted to mention. I posted a link to this on our Google Plus page, but there is a competitive Smash player who's been in the scene since Melee. He is he has named some of the advanced tournament tactics for certain characters, so he's he's very ingrained. Uh, he's he said he was never really top tier, but he was always in the top sixteen to thirty two players at a lot of the tournaments he's been in. So this is serious Smasher, and he got his hands on Smash Four for like a. Uh, an hour or so, maybe I don't know if it was Best Buy or he had a, he knew a friend or he was at E3 or what the deal was, but sure. his verdict was: Is Smash Brothers Four a competitive, vi- like viable as a competitive game? And he said definitively yes. And that is a we're talking like huh? We're talking like as an esport, as a yeah, as an esport, because Brawl okay. Brawl I'm... was not. Sure, I'll believe that when more people get their hands on it and play it. Like Smash Smash Brothers has never been that game because of because of like the items and the randomness of it. So like I I will believe that when more players than just one okay, well judge I mean, there's always been the way. randomness, but I mean Melee came out like what, 15 years ago almost? Yeah, and in order to play Melee in the in the style that 
makes it competitive, you basically have to take out everything that has that has been put in the game. You take out items, but there is an incredibly rope like And you play as and you play as Fox. And I'm it is a robust fighting community, yes. It is a huge but, like they had a they had a tournament at Evo this year. I mean that's the the biggest video ge- fighting game community tournament that there is. Like and Nintendo okayed them to play Melee. Like there is a significant it's it's like it doesn't matter how old it is. It doesn't mean that not that many people play it. People are still playing StarCraft in stadiums in South Korea, and that game came out twenty freaking years ago. Uh, like so, the age, age doesn't have anything to do with it. I mean, StarCraft is the biggest sport in South Korea. Um, Melee, you know, not as big. Esports aren't as big in general, but there is still quite a significant following in that area, and there was a lot of drop off because Brawl wasn't competitive. So. If this guy is right, and I'm not saying it's 100% definitive, but his initial impressions, and I could tell just from watching it, um, just from the first couple minutes of that tournament, there's less, like, the reason Brawl doesn't work as a competitor is because the it's it, the characters are floaty, is the, the main term that gets thrown around. They're not, as, they're not as heavy, they don't fall as quickly. There are a lot of techniques that don't work because of that. And this guy is saying that there were, and he goes into detail and breaks down spacing issues with characters in the new game um, and other things like that. And it seems to be consistent with the narrative that Sakurai has been going after with the whole uh, for fun versus for glory modes in in the new Smash Brothers. Right. I mean, they specifically do have that for glory mode for the competitive scene. And right? I think that it's, it is all final destination. And I think that that's, no that substantiates this guy's findings. You know, it's, it's Nintendo clearly has some vested interest in the fighting game community by adding these features. So this guy's been around a long time in the smash community, you know, 15 freaking years. Uh, he's posted on smash boards over 20,000 times, you know, like this guy's pretty active. Um, yeah, well, you've got to, I mean, you've got to think that, um, I mean, you've got to think that, like, so- Sakurai, right? Yeah. That's his, that's his yeah. name? He, once he releases this game, after he takes his month-long sabbatical vacation, which he deserves, which anybody who re- develops a game and releases it deserves, um, he's not going to start, he's not going to start trying to do the next Super Smash Brothers immediately right for the next system so what he has is time to perfect what is currently there so like he'll be able to tune like now that we're in a world of patching games and stuff he'll be able to tune characters and things yeah so you would think that like like now is the time I guess if they are going to make it a competitive type game like now is the time to do that because you're in a world where you've got somebody who who is like the father of smash brothers now he's the creator of it he will be able to constantly adjust it if he wants to yeah to make sure things are okay yeah and and i think that the tournament invitational is just one other example of you know they were pro players and you remember i I was telling you in g chat i really wanted to see mewtwo king or pc chris and the tournament because they're the only two pro smashers i can remember and mewtwo king was there and i saw photos on reddit later posted of him going up on stage and doing a photo op with all the players so even he is there so i know for a fact these are legitimate competitive smash players that nintendo invited to play like they're gonna get their feedback and talk about stuff so um right. my main point with it is 
this could be a system seller for a lot of people. I mean, I, I know we've talked about how it kind of it is, is already. It is a system seller for. It, it, it is a system seller for. A lot and of it people. already is, but I think this is going to add an extra dimension that could be interesting because right now there's no competitive gaming on the Wii U. One could argue Mario Kart, but there's no like eh. Call of Duty or Halo style like competitive. And this is a, like. This is a fighting game that the FGC is into that you can only get on the Wii U. So right. I think that'll be interesting to see how that uh, develops over the summer. So excited. Absolutely. Well, this was an exciting 15-hour-long episode, uh, 74. You did see you did see that the 3DS version got uh, delayed, Pushed right? back, yeah. I'm okay with it. I have enough games. I'm still working on Bravely Default. I'm behind on my 3DS. Yeah, I'm unsurprised by that, by that news yeah. to make sure they make it good. So... Yeah. so. Well, good. Listener, thanks for listening to us for 17 hours. Yeah, thanks so much. Please go to unqualifiedgamers.com um, where you can find like my Twitter account because I live tweet things like E3 Pressers and John's Info and Google Plus page and iTunes. Please subscribe to us and leave a review if you'd like and all that stuff. And we've got a lot more YouTube videos these days, so go ahead and check out our channel because that's kind of fun sometimes. They're really good. Well, thanks. You know, it's just, it's whatever. So, uh, yeah, they're good. The ones that the ones that you put up are are excellent. Uh, thank you very much. That was a Final Fantasy 13 pun. You get that? You're not funny. <laughs>